announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Yeah, we're back! Day number two of the Luigi 2021. I'm Leo. That's Mario. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> Admiral <laughs> Fear, the legend thrill is here. I am the heel of the seals of the deal of the stage challenge. The anti-hero of the IWC, your boy Mr. Rated R, and our third man on the broadcast team. He's the man that single-handedly took down Ring of Honor. Yes. He's the announced of the L-O-C. He C. is a straight shooter on Twitter. When it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of L-I. What's going on, fellas? Oh, oh my whoa. God, that was That's bad. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's like the Godfather. Like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow. my god. Let's, yeah. <laughs> still <laughs> still feeling under the weather as you can tell, but uh I'm here. Let's do it. Day two, baby. Um no tea The main huh? events. You don't got no tea? No tea? No nothing? No ah uh, no. No tea this morning. I just crawled out of bed and hopped on here. <laughs> Yo, it's too early to do this, bro. <laughs> well listen, uh due to some um, not, not even scheduling. Um Conflicts or whatever, but you know Ryan had something to do, so it was like, yeah, let's let's try to start Life this. Issues, yeah, yeah, well, let's, he let's, here. yeah, let's try to start this at nine a.m. A little past nine, but hey, we're here. We're here early in the morning. Leo, how are you, bro? I am good. I am wide awake. Uh, I think I had about four Red Bulls uh, since six in the morning, trying to be here ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we're good to go. Let's go, vamos. Ryan, how are you, dude? Let's start breaking some shit. Sorry. Besides. So uh... I might be dying, but besides that, <laughs> Ryan, don't say that, man. What's yeah, wrong with no. you? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Ugh, the worst, man. Nothing worse than being sick. Yeah, um, especially because you know, um, in the in day the, we're living in the, in the climate that we're living. Well, in. Oh yeah, that, you know, yeah, you just you just cough because you know, like, let's say you're drinking something and it goes down like the wrong pipe or whatever. You just start right. coughing, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, it's COVID!" And but it's like, right. no, I just just choking a little bit. That's it. No COVID. <laughs> like, let me breathe, lady. Let me, like, shit. <laughs> I'm telling you, when when uh, I was telling this to someone not too long ago, when COVID first started or whatever, and you were like, you know how like when you would go shop like at a supermarket or like a Walmart or whatever, and everybody was distanced. If you were in the same aisle trying to like yeah, get right. things or whatever, let's say at the end of the aisle, you just hear, <coughs> everybody would just look at that direction <laughs> and completely just walk to the next, the next totally aisle. Totally ignore. <laughs> Dude, so... I, I wanted to go see the Spider-Man movie on Thursday night. And I no was spoilers. Like, that no was, spoilers. Like, that no spoilers. was like the beginning of, of me feeling like shit. Oh, boy. So, <laughs> so like, I was wearing a mask. And, like, uh, this kid next to me, this little girl, is, like, coughing. Like, it sounds disgusting, bro. It, just sound, it almost sounds like how I just sounded. Oh, and every oh, single man. time, I would just pull the mask up. Well, now, now we know. Now we know. Ismael Baez is nice and uh, awake with us at this time. He's saying good morning, people. Good morning, bro. All right, before we get started, give me a minute. It's... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Show. I, I, listen, I don't, dude, I don't know if this is a sponsorship, but thank oh you, man. Look God. at all this Red Bull. Holy shit. Oh, my Damn, God. Bro, holy fuck. Put my volumes up. Holy shit. Talk about a sponsorship. There you go. That's that was my you, wife. That was my wife. Thank tell, you, wife. Tell your wife I said thank you. Holy shit. Look at all this Red Bull. Now, this is what I call sponsorship. 
every show for 2022. Oh, man. I'm <laughs> pumped up. Hashtag, 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 hashtag is Rebel time. <laughs> go, go. There you go. Keep it at Leo's house. <laughs> no, it's not going to make it. <laughs> oh, man. Can never go wrong with some Rebel. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So this weekend, we're doing the Luigi's. We had night one, part one, day one, however you want to call it. Yesterday, we broke down breakout star of the year, tag team of the year. Congratulations. You played yourself of the year. CPs. And female wrestler of the year. Um, Not that much controversy. I'm sure we picked, pissed off a little bit of the peckerheads. Here or there, not so much. We didn't get not much, not much complaints on the chat, so that's a good thing. Um, and then this, sh- and today we're only going to do three categories, and we're going to start off with the band because I'm guaranteeing you, with the opening award, we are going to piss some people off, and that's male wrestler of the year. That's what I'm here. Starting off hot. Starting off hot. Let's go. All right, coming in at number ten. Music. Oh, oh. Bro, you yes, your job with the fucking music. Ah, okay, sorry. And I got time to talk. So you're not gonna. So wait a minute. I don't have a. I don't have a song. So why would you bring it up? So because because in every award show they go the dun dun dun. But that's your job. So why bum, are you bum, asking bum. me? Okay, I got. It, I got. It, I got. No! 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 All right. Male wrestler of the year coming in at number ten. Number ten. I feel for like the last couple of years, he's always made it in our list in some shape or form, whether it's on the higher top five or it's somewhere in the top 10. And that's Adam Cole, baby. He's coming in at number 10. Yeah. Listen, with everything he did in NXT or whatever, now he's in AEW. I know some people are complaining. Some in the minority are complaining about his run right now in AEW. Listen, you got to drag this out. He's not going to be... Doing going chasing for like the world title, like right off the bat, like that's not gonna happen, all right. But I still think he's doing some great stuff in AEW. So, Adam Cole coming in at number 10. Nice, yeah, he had a great year in NXT. Uh, that feud with Kyle O'Reilly basically took up the whole entire year, and um, it was great. Uh, the, the match at Takeover, Sandy Deliver was really good. Um, then they had a regular wrestling match, which was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then their uh, final one, their blow off one. Um, take over. Uh, don't even remember what it was. Thirty something. Yeah, thirty-six um, maybe. Yeah, that one. That one there. Thirty-nine. Yeah, whatever. The one. I think it was in August, uh, right? But his last one before he left for AEW. Yep. And then, um, yeah, man, he's you know we everybody who's complaining about what he's doing in AEW right now just has no patience. You know, um, it's a bloated roster. He's one of the best there is, and it's kind of hard for somebody like him just come in and just jump right to the main event picture. I know they did that with Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, excuse me. Um, but Adam Cole has more of a future left in this business than Brian Danielson does. So I guess Tony Khan just wants to strike while the iron's hot with Brian. And he says, you know, Adam Cole will be the future eventually, uh, which I fully believe. I fully believe Tony yep, Khan's going to book too. him the right way. Um, and he's going to be a future AEW world champ. I have no doubt about that. Absolutely. Um, so I'm glad we got Adam Cole on this list, even though, Number 10 is kind of like unusual for a guy like him. But in this right. case, we had so many other worthy candidates. He had to come in at number 10. Mm-hmm. Also with the Adam Cole situation, I think some people expected him when he showed up in AEW to automatically start feuding with the elite and Kenny Omega, yeah. especially how he left the Bullet Club, how he left the show being the elite or whatever. Everybody just suspected that. But no, he just reunited with the elite and 
and I'm I'm kind of happier that they went with that route. Let it oh, be yeah, a slow a slow burn or whatever. And AEW's in a very fortunate situation when it comes to Adam Cole because they could go in either direction when we get that split. They could either go with Adam Cole being a full-fledged heel, potentially having Bobby Fish and Kyle Riley backing them, or if they want to go to a different direction, he could go a full-fledged face feuding with the Bucks and Kenny Omega because Adam Cole, listen, people love them some Adam Cole. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. Dude, he's one of the most over-wrestlers in in. In the world, man, the Adam Cole baby gets louder and louder each time he comes out, and especially now with the boom too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. he's one and, of the best, man. He's and, definitely and it's, my. It's it's long term storytelling too, uh, because again, uh, not everybody watches being the elite. Not everybody, you know, follow them in New Japan and all that. You have new people in AEW that are just getting to know him. They might have heard of him through WWE, but they still don't have that connection to the Bullet Club to the elite so this is why again long-term storytelling you need this to build up and you're right mario he shouldn't have gone after the the belt because then it would just been another guy like miro like we talked yesterday yeah that yeah you know everybody wants all these talents when they get released so they do not they don't resign with wwe oh i can't wait to go to AEW. listen AEW's roster is already bloated there's a lot of these guys that we used to see before that we don't see at all look at um Cause he's a, I'll just mention this name, not cause he's on our list, but I just want to throw this out there. But look at Sammy G. I know he's been trending for other reasons, but Sammy G. He's a champion. But when was the when was the last time he had like a match in WWE? I mean in AEW. You know, like he it's been a while. He doesn't wrestle frequently, and he's a TNT champion, which in many ways that's like kind of like their workhorse title. Um, you know, as much as I love Sammy G. and I'm happy he's TNT champion, I feel like his reign has kind of been irrelevant so far. Yeah, I mean, he had that match with Tony Nese recently. Um, he's defending against Cody right. um, next week. So, I mean, you know, they're featuring him here and there. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely see what you mean. But, I mean, yeah, like I said, listen, it's kind of a good problem to have. The mm-hmm. roster is, is completely stacked from top to bottom. There's so much depth there. Um, you know, everybody's time will come eventually. So, you know. Yeah. All right, dude. Let's go into number nine. While we could probably – not not saying that he's having a terrible run as a, as a world champion right now, but there's no doubt about it that he's having probably the biggest run of his career or whatever. The fans are behind him, and that's the current WWE world champion, Big E. I love Big E. He deserves to be champion or whatever. I feel like they could, they could do better with his booking as champion, but nonetheless, nonetheless, he's way over. The crowd's behind him. And let's see how long his world title run lasts right now, you know? Yeah, listen, um, it's this is a typical WWE title reign, right? Like it's so far nothing that special, nothing that crazy. Um, I did like the match against Roman at Survivor Series; that was good. Um, he's his feud right now with Seth and with Kevin Owens, and now with Bobby Lashley. Um, I think you know it, it's pretty interesting, honestly, for the most part. I think they've done a good job booking this whole entire title picture on Raw. I'm really looking forward to that Fatal Four Way at the uh, at the Day One show. That should be a really really good match. Um, and I think Biggie's got a lot of interesting things coming because, uh, you know, we'll see what happens after this match. I don't expect him to lose, obviously. Um, so then we'll see who he feuds with going into WrestleMania and all that. Um, but, you know, he's over. He's a great dude. He definitely deserves it. And, um, you know, I- I'm glad he became WWE champion. And like I said, so far his reign is whatever, but, you know, it's, it's a WWE title reign for you. So we'll, we'll see what happens leading into WrestleMania. I'm curious to see they pair him up against um yeah at that show. and i'm also curious to see what direction they go with day one like because obviously now it's a fatal four-way 
It, was, it went from being a singles match to triple threat, now yeah. Fatal 4-Way, which I'm excited. Yeah, I, yeah. I think this is one of those rare occasions where, like, okay, I'm cool with the Seth Rollins Big E match. Oh, they're going to throw Kevin Owens in there? All right, that should be exciting. Now they threw Bobby Lashley, and they're like, wow, this match might, ha- might be something here or whatever. It has potential. Right. That's probably the only thing that has my attention when it comes to the show day one. Everything else I really don't care about, but... I'm really curious to see what direction do they go here, or is this just like, hey, let's give another win a Big East because the story that we're still trying to tell going into the Rumble might be a Big East Seth Rollins storyline. Well, that's the thing. So, like, honestly, like, I don't know which way I would have done it. Um, I don't know if I would have just done like the one-on-one with Seth here, and then at the next, I, is there this? Is there a pay-per-view in between? Oh yeah, no, yeah, there's a, the Rumble, obviously. So yeah. then they could do like Big E versus Owens at the Rumble, and then like. You could just continue Seth and, and Kevin Owens chasing Big E, but then towards uh, closer to WrestleMania, then you can add Bobby Lashley back into the mix. And then you could have maybe done the Fatal 4-Way at WrestleMania, um, but instead they're doing it this route. So now it leaves an opening for just Big E having one-on-one matches with each member maybe heading into WrestleMania. Um, but then who does he face at WrestleMania? I don't know. Like I said, it's going to be very interesting. The Undertaker. But, you know. Yeah, right. Who knows? I would not probably- No! Listen, I know WrestleMania is in da- uh, Dallas. I know Ryan will be there, but I do not want to see The Undertaker. I'm sorry. No, nah, he's going to be inducted for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. All right, dude. You think look, this year he'll be inducted? I mean, it makes sense. It's in Dallas. Yeah. All right, let's go. All right. going Coming in at number eight. Um, This was a last-minute decision but, uh, for me and Ryan. Uh, You know, kind of just looking throughout the year and just looking at the list, we were like, you know what? We, Oh, while some people may like not like him or not, um, you know, we can't take away what kind of year this guy's been having. And, you know, I've been on record uh, talking about this guy before. Everything he's done post WWE has been more relevant and more exciting and probably the best work of his career. And, you know, going, you know, going back to last year, if you would have told me that we were going to throw this list, going to make this list and he was going to make our top 10, I would have been like, Get the fuck out of here. So coming to number eight, it's always ready. Matt Cardona. Yes, I like it. Yeah, man. Um, somebody <laughs> who definitely deserves to be on this list. Yeah, man. You, it's you asked out. me Yeah. driving to the studio yesterday morning, you asked me any last minute changes, and I just got done watching his promo um, uh, from GCW the yep. night before when he quit. And him, he's yelling, he's cursing out Brett, and um, I was just like, dude, Cardona deserves to be on this list, yeah. man. Like, he is just – it's funny, too, because he tweeted this, but it's so true. He's like, WWE was my developmental yes, yes, for the Indies. Yeah. <laughs> but it's freaking true. Um, he is on fire right now, man. He's so enjoyable. I never thought I, w- I would enjoy Zack Ryder this much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, he's killing it. He's absolutely having – looks like he's having the time of his yeah. life in GCW. He's, re- he's really running that place and um, just – had to be on this list. He just had to be. And also with Matt Cardona, you know, like the Briscoes, like Deanna Perrazzo, he's all over the place. Not only he's in GCW, but he's also in Impact. He has he's at, right. he has a, he's going to be in a triple threat match for the Impact World Championship at Hard to Kill. Not only that, he made his NWA de- debut, and he's going to go after yeah. the NWA World Championships. So this guy's all over the place. So you know, it's crazy as this sounds, especially like right after he got released or whatever. Um, I, I was. I'll, I'll admit it. I knew he was going to end up somewhere, but 
I was one of the doubters. Like, oh, this guy can't be like a main event player, you Again. know? Oh. <laughs> but hey, man, look, look at what he's doing now. So much respect and credit to him, especially being involved in the death match with Nick Gage, which was actually amazing. Listen, much respect to him for doing that because, and I think I mentioned this to you or I mentioned this to my other buddy, but he needed yes. to do that death match with yep. Nick Gage because of that match. Yep. That's how he's been booked everywhere else. I know Absolutely. he's been, he was on Impact beforehand. Yeah. You think that gave that's him how credibility? He's that's how he's yes. a, a huge name right now. Mm -hmm. And he knew he had to do something to get his name back to relevancy because obviously this you know he hasn't done shit in years he sat in mm -hmm. wwe catering for like 10 years mm -hmm. not doing anything so um he knew he had to do that much respect to him and he did it he pulled it off fantastic and man he's one of the top names right now on the independent scene it's crazy and also i remember us talking about this like uh when we were like getting uh getting ready and we're, we were very excited for this cardona and engage match i remember said saying to him like at the time, this program that he was with Nick Gage, that was the most relevant thing he's probably has ever done in his whole career. Yeah. You know, it's over his IC championship win at WrestleMania Dallas. Yeah. It's over him being United States champion. It's over the tag titles he's held with Brian Myers. It meant more. It meant more. This was the most relevant thing he's ever done in his career and the best work he's ever done in his career. Absolutely. Yeah, like I said, I've... I've I enjoyed him because you know, he's a Long Island guy. So I, I supported him like way back when, when he started doing his um, internet show, whatever. Um, with the, the internet best show on the internet ever. Yeah. Um, and then he like had that intercontinental no, or US. It was US title was feud right. for a little bit. And then, you know, the whole thing went downhill with Kane and John Cena and Eve Torres and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, I'm back to enjoying him. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's what a story, too. man. What it's a freaking nuts. story. Now, Chelsea being involved, too, it, it's yeah. just... It's it, fantastic. Yeah. It really is. So, so what I think about Matt Cardona, all that time that the guy was in WWE, he never even cracked like the top 200 wrestlers of the year. The dude leaves and starts having the, the creative control that he wanted on his character, and he's number eight on our list. Hmm. So that that goes to show you, like again, that's why I said like the best internet internet show ever. Because when he had creative control of that show, that show was the best thing in wrestling, Twitter, yeah. YouTube, whatever you yeah. want to call it, right? And then WWE took it over, I believe, right? And same thing happened with Up, Up, Down, Down. Yeah. But that's another story. Yeah. But number eight, dude, this guy's doing fucking great. Yeah. And you guys are right. With the with the whole death match, he needed something to take him out of that PG feel, mm -hmm. which is what he had. This beard, Cardona, this, you know, asshole, basically. That's taking it over, man. And he's having the connection more this past year than he did the last 20 in WWE. You know, and I'm going to go on a limb here, and I would not be mad if somehow he ends up being, like, the new belt collector and gets, like, the Impact title and maybe even oh, the man. NWA World the Championship. Heat, baby. The heat. But the Heat. And, and somehow, love it. listen, and he's rocking that Internet Championship, and somehow he weasels his way to getting that GCW title back again. He just has four sets of titles, and then he's, like, yeah. the new belt collector. Oh, oh, my God, dude. I would love that. But be be because it has listen. a story behind it. Because we knew, we knew, again, and we've been watching wrestling long enough, that he should have gone for more than that U.S. title for more of that intercontinental champion for one day. That one year at Survivor Series, the, the, when Rock was cutting that promo or whatever, everybody was saying, uh, you know. Yeah, they were, they were chanting for Zach him. Ryder, you know. We want yeah. Ryder. 
And then we fucking threw him off uh, in a wheelchair. Oh, you remember that? That's so stupid. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Listen, he was viewed as a joke, and now he's now he's viewed as a serious, you know, no, legit. But, but because he is. You know? Again, again and, and you, uh, I know you watch the show, the the internet shit, you know, I draw money. Again, that was just him off the top of his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now imagine this. He's actually being the heel that, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy from Busted Open. Holy oh. right. Bully Ray. Bully Ray. That's yeah. what Bully Ray's been asking for. This is your heel. Yeah. Yep. He's actually getting heat. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Dale. All right. Coming to number seven. Uh, man, even when he took a little, little break, or um, you know, in, in the fourth quarter of this year, uh, a lot of people had their, their, their criticism saying like, oh, his momentum's going to die out. They missed his chance. Blah, blah, blah. Listen, this guy has not missed a beat. And he's the current AEW world champion, Hangman Page, having the best year of his career, putting on some phenomenal fucking matches. Well-deserved. Great story between him and Kenny Omega. It made perfect sense for him to defeat Kenny Omega. Um, In in a perfect world, I think um, I would have dragged this out a little bit more if Kenny Omega was like still 100%, but unfortunately he's not. But listen, what, what a great story. What a great match. And, you know... Hangman Page is on, on the top of the mountain right now, and that's why he's coming in number seven as um, in our male wrestlers of the year. Yeah, man, this was the year of, uh, of Hangman Page becoming the AEW world champ finally. I think everybody's been waiting for that. Um, putting on great matches throughout the year as well. You know, uh, the whole story with the Dark Order has just been great. Um, yeah, man, I mean, listen, like it took a, took a little break, like you said, but did not – you know, skip a beat when he came back. He was still massively over and everything. Um, deserved to be on this list. And, um, you know, it's just, what more can you say? This guy has been one of the best wrestlers in the world for, for years, man. Just uh, everybody clamoring for him to, to win the big one. And, you know, the story you get there was, you know, rocky roller coaster. But mm-hmm. in the end, we got the payoff that we wanted. And now, you know, the reign of Hangman. Will, you know, be big in 2022, yeah. man. He already had a great match against Brian Danielson. And uh, I'm sure the rematch will be coming in early January. And then, you know, just excited to see where it goes after that. And to think that some of the Peckerheads were doubting AEW, saying that they missed an opportunity or whatever because he took a leave because he wanted to see the birth of his child. To think yeah, um, there's Peckerheads out stupid. there like that. Well, yeah, yeah, that doesn't and, shock you one bit. So. And and to to somebody's point, I, I know somebody said it. Uh, he's pulling off the cowboy character in twenty twenty one. Very well. In twenty twenty one, where he's not campy, is not uh, come on, blackjack, uh, whatever the fuck his name was, Brad Shaw. He's pulling off the cowboy character in twenty twenty one. There's ve- there's very few people that could pull off the cowboy character. You know, you think of guys like James Storm, and you think of uh, while he was more of a a cowboy. Um, I guess like billionaire JBL, but like Hangman Page is pulling off the cowboy character without being too much of a cowboy, He's just more like a moniker instead of being like a legit cowboy. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's who he really is, though. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how he really dresses. That's you know, that's who he is. Um, so it's it's real, it's authentic. You know. Yeah. All right, dude. Uh, let's go to number six. We're gonna go out to New Japan. You know, I, I feel like unfairly this guy um not that he doesn't get the credit he deserves but he's always been put in tough spots especially with the the situation with 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 covid out there um also the world title situation but 
listen, this is a guy that you could plug in there or whatever, and he's been a very good representation of New Japan, and that's the one of the IWGP world champions, and that's Shingo Takaki. Yeah, you can't even say the real um, IWGP <laughs> world heavyweight champ because Will Ospreay says he's the real one. It's a very confusing situation. But, um, yeah, listen, New Japan is not talked about a lot because of, you know, COVID. It's just uh, it's taken a really bad hit the past two years. And I hope in 2022 we can get back to where it once was. Um, but who knows? Um, and it's kind of sucks that Shingo has this reign as champion during this time where nobody seems to really care. And especially all the matches that he's given us this year, too, the matches with Okada, and it's just, you know, Will Ospreay, he's had great matches, and he has been a very good ambassador and representation for New Japan. But that's an ugly-ass belt. On top of that, that's another thing that doesn't help either. It's an (laughs) ugly-ass championship. It's growing on me a little bit, but, um, you know, like like you said, he's been putting on the best some of the best matches out there with osprey and then you know um okada and everything and like i said i i think shingo is just fantastic he's one of new japan's best right now and like there's always like those those people that that are talking about like their dream matches they want to see with between people and like new japan and AEW and all that and of course you know okada's name comes to mind tanahashi's name but one guy i always say is like i always say i want to see this guy against shingo this guy against shingo this guy against shingo you know we've seen kenny omega specifically against Everybody in New Japan, right? right? Everybody, right. except for Shingo, because yeah. Shingo came in yep. when when Kenny was on his way out. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Kenny and Shingo tear yeah. it up. Yeah, and um, you know, I listened to a Jay White interview recently with Chris Van Vliet, and he asked Jay, "He's like, is there, is there anybody in New Japan like you haven't faced that you want to face?" And he, Jay White, basically said, "No, nah, I basically faced everybody, but I can't really remember. Maybe he might have faced him once before." But I can't remember like a string of matches between Jay White and Shingo Takagi off the top of my head. So that's something I would love to see um, Jay White do eventually too. I mean, like I said, Shingo is just so, so freaking good. Um, And like you said, probably doesn't get the credit he deserves because he's not really talked about, but he's been held holding that championship for since June and uh, he's done a fantastic job and he's in a big showcase match at Wrestle Kingdom against um, Okada. So That'll be really good. And they already put on bangers before, so now on a, oh, yeah. on a Tokyo Dome level, let's see what they do out there. I'm sure it's going to be a fucking classic. Okay, coming to number five. Listen, even with injury, he still broke up our top five list, and he's the real world IWGP heavyweight champion, and that's Will Ospreay, uh, the Commonwealth k- kingpin. Uh, I, listen, I love Ospreay so much. Uh, unfortunately, he, uh, he had a little rough injury, and that's why... There's the dispute on who's the real world champion. He'll st- he's still claiming that he's still the real champion. Obviously, Shingo has his title as well. And ever since Okada won the G1, he also has the, the, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So there's like a whole mess when it comes to world titles. But, um, you know, Osprey's in his right. You know, and I, when he say he's the real world champ- champion, I'm kind of leaning towards him. Another guy that puts on phenomenal matches, man. And if it wasn't for the, his injury, I strongly believe... Um, we potentially be having a different conversation when it comes to the top three, the top four. But hey, yeah. he's coming in top five, man. He's fucking great. And at the rate that he's going now, now here that he's back, I expect him to do big things in 2022, depending on what happens with the whole Japan situation, New Japan situation out there, you know, with COVID and stuff. Um, but who knows? Now there's a forbidden door and all that shit. Maybe he pops up in Impact. Maybe he pops up in AEW. Obviously, he's been defending that championship on Dude Japan Strong. 
So let's see what Osprey does in 2022, but he's coming in at number five. One of my favorite moments of this year was back in March when um, Will Ospreay beat Kota Ibushi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was in March or April um, for the for the heavyweight title. Man, it was a great moment. It was something that I did not see coming. We were shocked. And, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, bro, we were it was so shocked. Yeah, I remember watching that live. I, I, I woke up early to watch it and um, stunned. And he was doing some great things with the United Empire. And then, yep. of course, the injury happened, and uh, you know, so unfortunate. I was I was so heartbroken for him when that injury happened because he was just getting ready to face Okada at the Tokyo Dome, I believe. Um, and then it just wasn't meant to be. But I think we're gonna get that uh, now at Wrestle Kingdom this year, which I'm really looking forward to. But yeah, I mean, this guy, one of the best wrestlers in the freaking world for years. Um, he just seems to get better and better. He's toned down his style a lot from all the flips and shit that he used to do, and he's just uh, overall just one of the best wrestlers out there. And like you said, if he stayed healthy all year long, we would definitely be having a different conversation. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. He'd be way closer to the top. Um, but nonetheless, he's on the list at number five and uh, just well-deserved because one of the most insane athletes that I've ever seen in, in a squared circle. When I got to see him at the 2300 Arena for the New Japan Strong tapings back in October or whatever, uh, there was a lot of chance for the real world champ and he was acknowledging that crowd even though he's a heel he was acknowledging that crowd like that's right like that's Lying right and uh, like this nod of approval uh from the from the from the audience just you know chanting, real world champ real world champ and like he's listen he has so many but he you know we're talking about belt collectors he, he have you seen him recently he's carrying like a yeah, shit ton of titles yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he's quietly becoming the belt collector but, <laughs> yeah Oh, it's fucking nuts. All right, dude. Uh, coming in at number four. Another guy, right? Not only he ha- has he had, like, one of the best years of his career, right? But if you go back to, like, a year and a half ago, and, you know, compared to what the crap that he was doing, right? You would have told me, hey, listen. When, it, when it, he's going to have the best year in 2021, and you're going to be talking about him, and he even might make your top ten list. I would have been like... No fucking way. Do you see the crap that he's doing right now? There's too, no way. Too crazy. And that's the former WWE World Champion, the almighty Bobby Lashley. Um, dude, look at look at what he's done this year, bro. Um, yeah. he is at the top of his game. And uh, listen, this guy's no spring chicken. It's not like he's in his 30s or anything. I, I believe he's like in his 40s. And listen, he even pulled out a great match out of Goldberg, a crown jewel, bro. Yeah. Um, the on best top Goldberg of, matches I've ever seen. Exactly. On top of him having an incredible world championship run. He, He's 45. He had a great match with Drew McIntyre at um, WrestleMania. I, I'm happy for Bobby. I, I think it was the right call and the right move to to give him this push this year. And let's see what he does in 2022. But um, just a pairing with him and MVP. <laughs> and unfortunately, the, the Hurt Business was... You know they they put the axe on that, which makes no fucking sense to me because I love the hurt business. They 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 remind me a lot like of um for for the people that listen to hip hop, whatever. They remind me a lot like of MMG Maybach Music Group, like Rick Ross and McMill. That, that that's the type of vibe that they used to always give me. You know, dressed in suits or whatever, dressed to the nines. Um, I love Bobby Lashley. I think he put on such an amazing year. So just compared him to what he was doing about like a year, a half ago, two years ago, with all the Lana bullshit to yeah. what he's doing. Like now and this last year, it's just night and day. So Bobby Lashley had to be in our list. Absolutely, man. You said it before. He had the best WWE title run, man. Like he really did. It was so enjoyable. He, I really enjoyed him as champion. He had great matches. Um, mm-hmm. Looked just 
so dominant, man. Like they, they booked him perfectly. Um, you know, MVP with his mouse mouthpiece as his mouthpiece was great. Um, yeah, man. Like you said, just to think not too long ago, he was in, involved in a Rusev and Lana storyline uh, and, <laughs> and that awful wedding that ended the year of 2019. Uh, you That's know, just what started COVID. That's what started yeah. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, you see what, what he turned around to be this year. It's just unbelievable. So, um, yeah, man, I'm so happy for him. I'm a big fan of him. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's involved in the WWE title picture Me again Me too. Um, at day one. So, um, yeah, man, Bobby Lashley is more than deserving to be on our list. And I think number four is very, very just perfect spot for him to be in. Yeah, and I, well agree. Deserved. I agree. All right, dude, we're coming down to the, 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 the final three, right? Music for number three. That is a disgusting ass. Well, listen, I don't know what the, what's up with you the last two days, but you're doing a terrible <laughs> job. <laughs> you, you're telling me this is not good? Look. Number three. This is awful. <laughs> that's awful. I don't know what the hell is going on there, but that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got to keep it light, bro. Got to keep it light. Let's go. All right. All right. All right. So we got. Hey, stop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. We're coming down to the final three. (laughs) And let me tell you something. After this week, this was very, very difficult. Um, Listen, I think it kind of like the women's wrestlers. I feel like the you can make an argument for the final three. They could be interchangeable. You could switch them in every in, in different directions here or whatever. But coming in number three. Man, <sighs> listen, we, 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 not that we, not that we ever question his wrestling ability, not that we ever question his promo work, none of that, but just based on his recent years, right? I believe after, I believe after WrestleMania 2019, he's kind of just been there, you know, like, yeah, he still performs great or whatever, but it wasn't really nothing memorable until we came into 2021 uh, this year or whatever, just see how he started the year and then everything else that he started doing going into WrestleMania. And then he shocked us later on in the year, popping up out of nowhere. We're like, fuck, oh my God. And then it feels like any time he appears on TV, he gives us like this fucking iconic match. And that's Brian Danielson. I, I, listen, man, Um, I know... What he gave us WrestleMania 30. We know the Planet's Champion run. But I'm going to go on a limb here and say this is probably the best I have ever seen him. You know, probably even going back to his Ring of Honor days. Uh, I think he's doing the best work of his career. The matches, the performances, the promo work. Everything that this guy does is just fucking gold, man. Um, Keep in mind, you know, he's given us all these great matches in AEW, right? You know, obviously we just seen one. A couple days ago with Hangman Page, a 60-minute Broadway, all right? We saw uh, the, the, the match he had with Kenny Omega at um at Grand Slam. But he was also in the main event of WrestleMania with Roman Reigns and Edge. Crazy. So it, it's just crazy to think everything this guy has done this year. And maybe if he didn't take that break, <laughs> he could have been our number one. But at the same time, you could probably make the argument um, how he could be number one. Yeah. But for our list, he's coming in at number three. But like I said, this is just our list. 
you know, you guys, if you want to get pissed off or if you want to interchange, you're like, no, he deserves to be. Well, that's on you. But for our list, he's coming in at number three. Man, what a run he's been on. Um, I missed this Daniel, this Brian Danielson. Uh, we have not seen him like this in so long. And like you said, <clears throat> a great uh, run. The Yes Movement uh, going into WrestleMania 30 was unbelievable. One of my favorite moments in wrestling ever. Um, his Planet's Champion run, his match with Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania 35, just great stuff. But man, I don't think anybody has seen Brian Danielson in this mm-hmm. light before. I mean, he's just operating on a totally different level above everybody else. I mean, who would have ever thought he would start the year in WWE and end it in the AEW? Yep. Um, just having some of the most insane matches with Kenny Omega, Minoru Suzuki, Eddie Kingston, Hangman Page. I mean, my God, he got a great match out of Dustin Rhodes. And I'm not saying no disrespect to Dustin Rhodes. I think he's at, at his age can still go. We saw that in the Cody match and everything. But man, that match is like an underrated Brian Danielson match this year. I loved it. You, you also you remember he also had a match um, at the finals with Miro, which that was like a that last was, minute yeah. thing. Uh, due to yeah. uh, John Moxley pulling out. Also, remember him? Remember when he first started like, I guess turning heel. I mean, I, I still feel like he, he's a heel right now because he's feuding with Hangman Page. But when he first, I guess, turned heel, or whatever. Remember the match he had with Evil Uno? The crowd was cheering yes. hard body for Evil Uno. I don't think I've ever seen. Like people pop for Evil Uno. Did Anybody like this ever much. cheer for him? Nah, they cheer for the Dark Order, <laughs> but like not like to this extent. Like, yeah. yo, Brian made the crowd turn on him so bad that yo, people were popping huge for Evil Uno, and the match was great too. Well, yeah, listen, man. I mean, he's just he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, mm-hmm. and we all knew that, you know. But right. like, we haven't seen that in a while because he had to tone down his style. He had to he had to he had to work the WWE style, but now. I mean, and you know what's funny, too? I was thinking about this just recently. It's crazy how we said goodbye to him in 2016. Yeah. He retired. Yeah. We thought he was done. Mm-hmm. Dude, could you – I mean, at that moment, if I told you in a few years, in 2021, he's going to be back to kicking people's heads in and being the best version of himself right. ever, probably having the best run of his entire career mm-hmm. at, the, at his age – no shot. I would have believed you, bro. No shot. It's crazy. It's just incredible, man. It's crazy. And we, we had this conversation before of like going back to like 2016, 2017 about, uh, listen, if I would have told you like Dean Ambrose and Kenny Omega from New Japan are going to be wrestling in a death match in a, in a different promotion that doesn't even exist right now, would you believe me? I'm like, get the fuck out of here. What are you, the hell, what the hell are you smoking? It's just, while. You know, and it will use the year 2016, right? Because that's when, you know, Bullet Club was, like, at a different level. And, you know, you started seeing, like, the, the piece of Kenny Omega and the Shield, et cetera, et cetera, right? Going back to, to that year or whatever, to what things are now, you know, how the landscape of wrestling is just completely, completely different. Like, Brian wasn't even wrestling anymore at that time. It's just so nuts. Yeah. it's Dude, it's crazy, man. Um, just... I don't know. It, it, it's nuts how, how the wrestling world has constantly evolved and changed. And, you know, you, you look back on where it was a few years ago and how everything was and you see just how everything is now. It's just how lucky are we, man? Mm-hmm. All right, Ryan, you ready to piss some people off? Let's go. Oh, and just by you saying that, people should know where this is going. <laughs> number two. No. no, no, no. We're going number one, baby. I know. We're going we number one. All right. I'm not going to give a spiel. We'll, we'll talk after this. So 
2021 Male Wrestler of the Year. Former belt collector, the cleaner, the best bout machine, the wrestling god. By God, it's Kenny Omega. Yeah. I just want to sit here and clap all day long. Yeah. You know what? Let's give him all the clap. All the clap. All the clap. So, for these final two, it was, we've been teasing it all year, okay? We've been teasing it 1A, 1B. We've been teasing it how it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go down to either either guy. It, it was either going to be Kenny right. Omega or Roman Reigns. Roman mm -hmm. Reigns is number two. And I want to say till after full, mm, okay, going towards full gear, at full gear, and then Later, what we found out about Kenny Omega, I, I was, listen, there were days where I'm like, nah, there's no way, man. Roman Reigns is it's coming in at number one, right? And I, I listen, I love Roman Reigns. I, the Roman Reigns' year of dominance. So I, you were doubting yourself? N not that I was doubting myself, because <laughs> uh -huh. I love both both guys' like um, work that they've been doing this yeah. year, okay? And I think what made me, like, for me, right, and Ryan, you might have your own opinion, but I think for what me, it made me like kind of solidify. No, Kenny Omega's a guy. It's the fact on top of the great work that he's done this year, on top of him holding three different world championships, on top of him appearing on Impact Wrestling, obviously AEW, and then wrestling in Mexico as well. But you know, let's remove all that from the picture, right? Let's remove the fact that he's given us so many amazing matches, right? Let's remove that as well. The fact that he was performing at this level, okay. He hasn't missed a beat. Fucking injured. Fucking vertigo. Whatever else is happening to him. And he's wrestling at this level. Now keep in mind, he's not a he's not at 100%, okay? Imagine if he was wrestling at a hundred percent. Listen, scary, there's, scary thought. He's not a hundred percent. Let's let's throw a number out there. Let's say he's wrestling at what? Let's say 75% with all these injuries. And that's just me. Just taking a wild guess. I'm not do no doctor here, okay? And he's doing this. Imagine if he's at 100. That's fucking nuts. It's like there's no argument anymore. Yeah. Like uh, maybe now because he's injured and he's not performing, maybe you could throw other names out there. But when he was wrestling, th there's no one better than Kenny Omega. And why well, I love Roman Reigns, and I don't want him to lose the title yet. I, I Listen, I want him to take that title to Hollywood. I want him to still be champion going into 2023. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. everything that Roman Reigns is doing. He's another guy put, putting on great matches. That's what solidified me of Kenny Omega being number one. The fact that he was performing mm -hmm. at this level fucked up. And someone, I think he reposted a Kenny Omega 
Uh, I don't know if you guys are into Dragon Ball Z or whatever, but he posted a picture. It was somebody, some artist made it. It's um someone like Goku and Vegeta were like all fucked up in the cartoon series. He would be like in like this little tube of water, or whatever, with like a mask or whatever. They they drew up Kenny Omega like in a Dragon Ball Z form, like anime, and they had him with the mask, or whatever. And he just quoted like, "This is pretty accurate" or something down those lines, because it's like he's you know recovering, he's like rejuvenating mm-hmm. himself or whatever. <laughs> I don't know when Kenny Omega's going to come back or whatever. And I'm kind of not in a rush for him to come back because I want him to come back 100, 110%. But when he does, Jesus Christ, be, be prepared for something. Because if he was wrestling at this level fucked up, imagine when he comes back at 100%. Jesus Christ. It, it's going to be fucking amazing. So, dude, I love Kenny Omega so much. And I do love Roman Reigns too. I love the work that Roman Reigns has been doing. And I know some of the pecker heads, some of the WWE loyalists are going to be like, oh, you guys are just on AEW's nutsack. Yeah, That's yeah. why you want Kenny Omega to, 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 to be number one. Listen, it's for me, it, it was the second I found all this out uh, with, with Omega, I'm like, dude, he's he's number one. That's it. Uh, he's our number one. But Ryan, take it away, man. Dude, I, there was no, even, even before the, the news of Vertigo um, and all of his injuries came out, there was still no way I was putting Roman over Kenny. And again, this is not, I love Roman. Roman Reigns is incredible. Definitely having the run of his life. I'm with you. I want him to hold the belt for another year. And he just, cause he's fantastic and there's nobody else worthy of holding the belt. And I'm enjoying his run so much. But Kenny Omega is just on another level, man. I mean, he, the way he's, and I always said too, the way he's adapted every single style of match over the years, mm-hmm. this guy could do anything, bro. Yep. I mean, the barb, the exploding barbed wire death match, fantastic. The match on Impact, he's going to another company defending his title and winning another company's top title um, against Rich Swan. fantastic match. That triple threat, at double or nothing yep. against Orange Cassidy and yep. Pac, freaking unreal. The match with Jungle Boy, unreal um i mean literally his matches just get better and better and better and better and better and just again he's on another freaking level man i I mean really just there's not much more i could possibly say about how good this guy is and he i mean he's been for years and everybody clamoring that oh you know we want to see the new japan kenny well this year we freaking got him we got the cleaner back and it was fantastic uh, having Don Callis as his mouthpiece was awesome. The segments we got with the elite, uh, the whole lead up to the hangman story, um, a great match with hangman. And now he could just take his time. Like you said, come, you know, recover, make sure he's a hundred percent. When he comes back, the story's already there with the, the elite and Adam Cole. Kenny Omega is just without a doubt in my mind, number one. And, there's just there's no argument against it there really isn't roman reigns wrestles one style and it's not his fault he wrestles the wwe style i don't know how he would how he would look outside of wwe in you know all these you know in japan or in AEW and how he would wrestle outside of the, the wwe style of wrestling i don't know we might never know because he might never leave but i just can't put a guy like that who wrestles the wwe style and the wwe style only over a guy who who's, has just wrestled every style that there is and has exceeded expectations in, in each match. So um, to me, it's always been a no-brainer. Kenny Omega, best wrestler in the freaking world. No doubt about it. And then for the people that also wanted, um, like, I want to see New Japan Kenny Omega back or whatever. 
when we started getting that, like towards the tail end of 2020, right? Yeah, 2020, when we started getting the tail end. And like, I remember everybody made like a big fuss, like when he defeated like Sonny Kiss, like in two seconds or something. Like everybody made like a big stink about it. And I'm like, but didn't y'all want the cleaner back? That's what you yeah, wanted, right? Exactly. So why why are you complaining now that he he ran through Sonny Kiss? Listen, Sonny Kiss is a, is a good worker, but it's not. They're not gonna put like a, a fifteen minute like a Tokyo Dome match. Like they're not at the same like level of, of presentation here. You know, well, one's a side show, the other one's a main show. Right. Like that's not so. Once Kenny started going through some of some of the the, the lower card towns, like, ah, I'm like, you guys wanted New Japan Kenny back. That's what you guys wanted, and now you get that in 2021, and some of the the you know the the the, the Packerheads are just complaining on, on like, oh well, Kenny. I'm like, listen, Kenny Omega put on a great. He had a fucking phenomenal year, and and now you can buy V Trigger and any vitamin shop across America. <laughs> Again, it, what was that a creatine? <laughs> yeah, no, that that's what it looks like. Like some uh, you too could look like Kenny Omega, <laughs> yeah. But but that's what I'm talking about. Like he's he again. People here in AEW had no idea who he was. People here in AEW just would go off whatever you know th- they were talking about at that time. But he's been able to in what the last two years to have that connection not only to AEW but AAA, but you know even on YouTube being the elite to this day is one of like the 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 most famous show that they have out that has nothing to do with any top promotion because that's just them putting it together. He's been able to show, like you guys said, different matches. And again, that's where you separate the WWE loyalists from people who actually like wrestling. Because if you put anybody else on top of this guy, then you're just a loyalist to whatever side you're on. Right. Mario. Right. Yeah. Listen, um, like I said, it was it was tough for me personally throughout the year because it's like 1A or 1B. And also, let me go back to what I was saying before. I think you can make an argument for these two. And even if you want to throw Brian Danielson in there as well, you, you could interchange any in any direction you want. But for this year's Luchis, you know, the, the second I, I just we, we, we got all this news of Kenny Omega's condition and some of the stuff that he was going through. And it's like, damn, this guy's performing at this level with all this shit that's happening. It's like, how can you not make him number one? And imagine if he felt a little no brainer. I mean, it's no brainer. <laughs> three, three, three world titles or whatever. And whenever the time is right and Kenny Omega comes back, um, we're in for a treat if he comes back a hundred percent. And I hope he does. So Kenny Omega. Yep. No, no, keep going. All right. Um, Let's uh, move on to the next award. And we're going to go on to events. Events of the year. Okay. Coming in to number 10. Oh, boy. Here we go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Shut up. Events. Coming in number 10. We're going to go with WWE SummerSlam this year. I know. SummerSlam was a bit of a, you know, uh, uh, not questionable. But it, it was controversial for many aspects. But nonetheless, just the environment of the show, um, some of the big matches that we got in the show, you know, we got the uh, John Cena, Roman Reigns in the main event. We got a, just an amazing match, which was match of the night <coughs> between Edge and Seth Rollins. Such a dope entrance as well uh, between um, uh, from Edge, you know, with the brood entrance and stuff. Obviously, we got the controversial Becky Lynch situation defeating uh, Bianca Belair um, in a you know in a in a really 
questionable weird fashion. Uh, but we got some other great matches on there, too. You know, we got the Usos and the Mysterios, and then also Damian Priest um, and Sheamus, which hard-hitting right there. And then RK-Bro. That was like the rise of RK-Bro, uh, winning those tag titles against AJ Styles and Omas. But yeah, SummerSlam uh, coming in number 10. Yeah, it wasn't um, the most memorable event, but it definitely had its moments, like like you just mentioned. Um, you know, like I said, what well, wasn't the, the greatest SummerSlam I've ever seen by any means, but it definitely had some good matches. You could always go back and watch, most notably, like you said, Cena and Reigns, and then um, Edge and Rollins thought was really good. And then, of course, Priest winning the title, Bro winning the title, Becky Lynch winning the title, um, you know, all around some good stuff, but that's why it's coming in at number 10. Coming in at number nine, uh, you know, it's uh, it, this promotion for whatever reason doesn't get as much traction uh, th that they normally do. Uh, some people ignore this uh, promotion. I, I really enjoy the brand. I think their their weekly product's pretty good, and I think their pay per views for the most part they're really good too, and they're really entertaining. So coming in at number nine is Impact Wrestling Slammiversary. This was main evented by Kenny Omega and Sammy Callahan. They had. Uh, Deathmatch esque. Um, it was a hardcore match. They beat the fucking snot out of each other. Um, we also had a a great tag match between the Good Brothers, Violent by Design, um, Willie Mack and Rich Swan. Uh, a multi man tag match. Uh, we also had John, uh, Joshua Alexander, Ace Austin, P. Williams, Rohi Raju, and I believe Trey Miguel in an X Division. Uh, X. Uh, what is it? The Ultimate X match. So this pay per view is really good, man. Like I said, Impact Wrestling, they, their pay per views are always must watch. I really enjoy their pay per views. Yeah, definitely an underrated event for sure. Um, I thought it was it was really fun. A lot of surprises. We had Ponderosa yeah, uh, yep. facing Deanna Parasso. Yep. We had Jay White coming in at the end of the show. Oh yeah, um, yeah. A really a really buzzworthy show from Impact um, this past summer. So it definitely deserved to be on the list. I'm glad we got it on there because uh, it's definitely, like you said, one of the most underrated events uh, of the year. Coming in at number eight. Oh man, it, this. It upsets me because it's like, wow, man, this was probably like one of the very last uh, great takeovers, and that's NXT TakeOver Stand of the Liver WrestleMania uh, weekend or week because it, it had didn't takeover that year happen like during the week. Um, it wasn't like on the weekend or whatever. I think it was like Thursday or Friday, if I'm, or Wednesday or Thursday. I yeah, it was. it was like it was like uh, Wednesday on the USA Network, and then uh, like the next day it was on like uh, Peacock or whatever. So. So yeah, in that and so on, on night one, I believe we got uh, such a great match between Walter and Ciampa for the NXT UK yeah. Championship. That match was fucking amazing. I think uh, that was like one of the the matches uh, uh, on top of some of the other matches that happened at WrestleMania that really like stood out to me. Uh, Ciampa yeah. and Walter, what a great match or whatever. Uh, we also had the rise of Raquel Gonzalez defeating Io Shirai for that NXT uh, Women's Championship. We got a pretty cool ladder match uh, between for the I guess the unification of the cruiserweight championships between uh, Santos Escobar and Jordan Devlin. Uh, we also had the the unsanctioned match between Kyle Riley and Adam Cole. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, was I think it was at that pay per view too where Karrion Cross beat uh, Finn Balor for the NXT Championship, correct? Yeah, yeah that was the. Uh... I was in. That was on night two. Yeah. Yeah, that was on night two. So yeah, yeah. Um, definitely both. Uh, both night one and night two were great shows, or whatever. And you know, I think maybe like two takeovers after that. That was like that. That was it. That was like kind of like the last of that era of NXT. And then we switched mm -hmm. up to you know the, the era. Two point oh. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Great. But uh, I really enjoyed Stand and Deliver. I thought um, it was a great pay per view, and it, that's why it's coming in at number eight. 
Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a great two night event. I really enjoyed it. A lot of great matches, a lot of great moments. It really just uh, like you said, Raquel winning the women's title, um, Cross winning the NXT title, MSK won the tag titles that night as well. Um, so it was basically like you know moving on uh, to like you know the future uh, of of the brand with these new champs and and moving on from guys like Finn Balor. Um, you know, Io Shirai still there, of course, but that, that's really the last time she was really old that relevant um it was just a, a great fun two nights uh of takeover so yeah I, I mean now with the 2.0 it's like ugh, i don't want to even see one takeover let alone two yeah. but i enjoyed the the two night format that they did um for, for, for that show yeah especially at that time because you know the nxt black and yeah black and gold brand brand they were you know if you if you go back to that their their roster like the nxt roster alone they were they had they had a lot of people in there, so just getting more people on the card in two nights, it, yeah. it, it makes sense, you know. I don't know, I don't yeah. see that happening now, especially with this yeah. new. Uh, Nor uh, do I want. Yeah, <laughs> with this two initiative or whatever. But uh, uh, yeah, remember NXT guys? Remember NXT? It was fucking great. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's literally what's going to be like. You guys remember NXT? Uh-huh. Somebody's going to be like, wait, it's still around. But no, 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 it's, no, not. it's not. That's why not that's the what... NXT that I know. I saw I was telling you like a couple episodes back. Uh, they should just na- rename the brand like NIL, like because it's not even uh, NXT I, anymore. I would have preferred that so much if they took away the name NXT because this is like you're hurting the NXT, you know, the legacy. Legacy, yeah. It went. It it legit became. It was just like NXT or whatever. Now it it legit feels like WWE NXT. Does that make sense? That, yeah, they did the yeah, same yeah. thing with ECW. Yeah, yeah. Black and gold didn't feel like it was a part of WWE. It felt like its own universe. Now it just yeah, feels yeah. like it's all glorified like... indie. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, remember NXT guys? Remember NXT? All right. That, all that right. Was, that, back in my day. Yeah. All right. Coming in at number seven, we're gonna take it back to the beginning of this year, and we're gonna go Wrestle Kingdom fifteen. I went on record in saying the main event for night two of Wrestle Kingdom 15, and that's Jay White and Kota Bushi, is probably one of the best matches I saw this year and probably the best match I've seen of Jay White. That's how good yeah. that match was. Also, we got... um, And he didn't even make it on the billboard. Right. That's a, uh, yeah, Oh, no, there he there is. There he is. is. There. Also, you had a Kota Bushi <laughs> and Naito um, on night one. That's where Kota Bushi defeated Naito for the IWGP World uh, Championship. We also had Okada and Will Ospreay. Uh, Takahashi and El Fantasmo in, in, in night one. There were so many great matches all around in Wrestle Kingdom 15. It was still kind of weird because um, it wasn't at full capacity, the Tokyo Dome, yeah. like it normally is. But I, I still thought both nights were good. Yeah, man. It doesn't matter what state New Japan is in. Wrestle Kingdom always delivers. It's, it's, it, it wouldn't feel right if we didn't have Wrestle Kingdom on this list in, you know, anywhere, right? It could have been number 10. It could have been anywhere on this list. But it needed to be here and um you know just so many great matches that a lot of people forget about because it was so long ago mm-hmm. and it's like it's wrestle kingdom's always that one event that kicks off the year you know there's yeah. nothing really that happens before wrestle kingdom uh because it's january 4th and you know it's so long ago that you forget oh yeah that happened this year um but like you said jay white kota Bushi, probably one of the best matches i've ever seen in my entire life um osprey and okada um i think you had jeff cobb and shingo on there too yeah, they jeff, had a really really, really great, great banger. banger yep yeah, um, just, you know, Wrestle Kingdom's awesome, no matter what state New Japan is in. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, just a, a quick sidebar for Wrestle Kingdom 16 to ever announce a match or whatever. I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I'm excited for both nights. I I will, if I come Not across, stay up, yeah. 
I for the for the what is it third night the the, the what is it the oh well, the um, pro wrestling the Noah, Noah. yeah I, I'm I'm gonna I, if I am if I if there's anything that 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 I see that's trending or whatever I'll go back and watch I am not yeah. ordering that I'm just I'm just no. watching night one and Me night neither. two so to you Wrestle but, Kingdom is one and two that's it yeah the, I feel yeah, that's what it is I feel like night three is not even Wrestle Kingdom they should have just made no. that New Year's Dash yeah it's not Wrestle Kingdom it's not but um. You know, the cards this year, while they're not terrible, it's funny. I don't think I'm going to, like, st- stay up all night to watch either one of these nights. I might just – I'm just going to sleep, work, and then watch them after work because I don't know, man. I just – this is going to be the first time in years I don't watch Wrestle Kingdom live because I always, like, just – I go to sleep early. I wake up at, like, 3, watch the show, and then either, you know, just power through work that day or request off or whatever. But – um I don't know if I'm going to do that this year, man. I don't know. It's just like the Wrestle Kingdom, while it'll still be good, mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel you know the way gonna, it's I'm felt. I'm going to tell you years. what's going to happen. You probably have that mindset now, but like probably like the week of, like they, we, like <laughs> day before, right. they're going to get the, something. No, not even, not, they're not even going to announce no. anything. It's going to just take Ryan to watch the video package with that Wrestle Kingdom theme, and it's going to pump <laughs> yep. you up, and you're going to be like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm staying up. I'm going to watch Wrestle Kingdom. You know me too well. That's what's going to happen, Ryan. Because you know what, you might it, not be wrong. Because listen, and, and this is the way I, I look at it too. Um, I get excited for Wrestle Kingdom no matter what. Yeah. What has been a letdown for me for the last couple years has been New Year's Dash, and me like an idiot, I still stay up for that. But New Year's Dash, I'll say like the last two three years has been a bust in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't even think this year there is a New Year's Dash. That's why they should have just named the third night New Year's Dash because right. that's not really Wrestle Kingdom. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like New Japan just looked at like, oh, these uh, guys in over there in WWE are trying to take our gimmick. You know what? We're not. We're not gonna do two nights. We're gonna do three nights. We're gonna double down, or <laughs> triple down. <laughs> Let's see if they follow us for this. Yeah. Next thing you know, fucking WrestleMania Hollywood's three nights. Just it's too big for two nights. <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania week long, <laughs> well, you all know, seven days. Well, you know, Leo, that's a great transition because coming in number six, yeah, we're going with WrestleMania. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Listen, WrestleMania this year, it felt very, very special because this was a return of fans, at least in WWE land. Um, where you guys have been? And Sorry. overall, overall, I thought WrestleMania was really good this year with Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre opening up um, both nights. You know, opening up like kind of like the weekend or whatever. We also had. The, the return of the champ that runs a camp, and that's AJ Styles capturing Tag Team Gold with Omos defeating the New Day. We had this historic match between Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks in the main event of Night One, which was such a fucking amazing match. Um, for better or worse, I did like the fact that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn did get a WrestleMania match. Um, I thought the match was good. I expected a little bit more, and I, six, right? and I didn't like the whole Logan Paul stuff. I wasn't really a fan of that, even though he got stunned. Um, Roman Reigns, uh, Brian, uh, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, and then Edge in that amazing triple threat match. Uh, dude, that 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 main event was fucking great. Um, it, it was one of my favorite matches of this year as well. So, and then obviously Bad Bunny, you know, Bad Bunny kind of having a breakout star performance that night, you yeah. know. Uh, I think a lot of people, some of the naysayers, some people that just didn't understand, oh, why is Bad Bunny here? Why why is he in WrestleMania? Why is he involved? Well, he, I think he shut up everyone. He shut up all the Peckerheads or whatever, all the doubters, because he busted his ass there. And for guys like Miz and Morrison to allow themselves and to kind of, you know, 
put their bodies out there, you know, with a, with a guy that's not experienced. You know, Bad Bunny's not a wrestler. He's just a wrestling fan. But he put in the work, and, you know, he, he elevated Damian Priest's popularity as well. So, you know, there's a lot of big moments and a lot of big matches that, that happened at WrestleMania 37. Not everything was good. We know the Fiend and Randy Orton debacle. But nonetheless, I really enjoyed WrestleMania this year. And you was there live, Ryan. Yeah, we also had Rollins and, and, um, oh, that's right. and Cesaro. Cesaro. Also had Rhea Ripley capturing the women's title from um, Asuka. Yeah, how that worked So many out. great moments. <laughs> I really thought it was a great WrestleMania. I really, really did. I enjoyed it. And like you said, it was special because it was the first show back with fans. Um, and, you know, I you know, a lot of people might be against the two-night format, but I loved it, man. I just thought it was so perfectly paced both nights. Um, I'd rather watch two three-and-a-half-hour shows than one nine hour show any day of the week. And I know a lot of people complain about it and, you know, it sucks buying tickets to two events. Um, tell me about it. The, uh, you know, the prices were absolutely outrageous, but anyways, uh, we're going to get two nights again this year, but WrestleMania 37, I thought was one of the most fun shows um, I've ever been to and also that I've ever watched. So nice. definitely deserving. This is a debut for, uh, for the Luchis. Um, I, if you notice, uh, this year we talked a lot about this promotion, you know, and this show, in my opinion, not because I was there live, but also the presentation of it, even if you guys ordered it on um, on Fight TV, it legit felt like, okay, this is an actual pay-per-view. This feels like a pay-per-view. It felt like a big fight feel, and that's GCW's Fight Club, which is main evented by Nick Gage and John Moxley. Listen, top to bottom, this pay-per-view, whether you knew some of the the names or not, this pay-per-view felt so nuts. The energy at Atlantic City felt crazy. I know, Ryan, you 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 were unable to go, but you said you ordered it on pay-per-view on Fight mm -hmm. TV. Um, take, let's remove away the main event, which was Nick Gage and John Monson, which which was a great match. They opened up the show with a triple threat match with Alex Zane, Leo Rush, and Ninja Mac. Okay, that alone could be a main event at any show. Yeah. Uh, we had Jordan Oliver and Atticus Kolgar. Uh, we had a scramble match with Jimmy Lloyd won, but here's the kicker. Thunder Rosa made a fucking surprise appearance on the, on the show. Uh, we had a, this crazy tag team match with Chris Dickinson and Starboy Charlie versus Joey Janela and Marco Stunt, okay? Cardona. Listen, th this, uh, Matt Cardona and Effie, where, as crazy as this sounds, Chelsea Green was sitting next to me this whole time, and I had no <laughs> idea, and then she interferes in the match, and I was like, I can't believe she was sitting next to me this whole time. <laughs> L listen, this, this show was so good, and, you know... Me and Ryan, when we were breaking, when we were, um, you know, getting these lists together, whatever, it's like we have to throw GCW Fight Club, we have to throw this show on the list, and that's why it's coming in at number five. And I also feel like this show took them to another level, and that's like that's why I felt special that they made the announcement to um, the Hammerstein Ballroom, um, you know, that they're gonna they announced that show at the Hammerstein Ballroom. I think this show, like if they weren't already on a momentum path, I feel like this show took them to another level. Yeah, yeah, totally. It was great. I ordered it on Fight, and I watched it, and I really enjoyed it. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed every single match. Um, <clears throat> it was fantastic. Like you said, the opener um, to, you know, just basically, you know, everything else that came before the main event. Obviously, the main event was why a lot of people tuned in and, and <clears throat> wanted to watch it, myself included. But 
the rest of the card was just tremendous. Just very, very underrated show. We had to put it on the list. GCW had one hell of a 2021. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think the between the Cardona and the Gage, uh, the homecoming events back in July, yep. and then they had War Games in Chicago, oh and then God, Fight Club here in October. Oh. Just so many freaking great uh, events, but this one stuck out to me the most mm-hmm. um, out of all of them, and just really, really a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I can't wait for GCW and, uh, and, and the 20, Hammerstein, yeah, yeah. Hammerstein Ballroom and just everything they do in 2022. Uh, listen, uh, you, you said it on the show, Ryan. You think that uh, GCW is the third biggest promotion in the U.S., and I agree with you 100%. Yeah. They really are. They really are. I don't think there's an argument. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, coming in at number four. We're going with a pay-per-view that just ha- didn't happen too long ago, and that's AEW's full gear. No, listen, AEW's pay-per-views, they're always bangers, no matter what. For better or worse, you know, if there's a little criticism there or there's some stuff that you might not like, regardless, when it comes to AEW pay-per-views, they just have a different feel to them. When it, you feel the excitement, like that weekend, like, oh, man, AEW's about to have this pay-per-view or whatever, you just feel the excitement in the air. And you actually feel the excitement also from the wrestling community, for, for better or worse. AEW Full Gear, they started the show off with MJF and Darby Allen. One of my favorite matches this night. And then it was like banger after banger. You had Brian Danielson and, and Miro. Then you had like this hardcore uh, uh, six-man tag with Jurassic Express and Christian uh, Christian Cage versus Super Click. Um, CM Punk and Kingston, which was just a fucking fight. It wasn't even a match. It was yeah. just a yeah. fight. And then the main event where ultimately Hangman Page defeated Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. So, AEW's full gear coming in at number four. Yeah, it was a tremendous event. really was. Um, like you said, all those matches, top to bottom, from the beginning of the show, you know, to, to Punk and Kingston, uh, to the tag title match, just freaking tremendous. And what a way to end the show with Hangman on top as world champ. Uh, so many great AEW pay-per-views this year, which obviously we'll continue with our list here. <laughs> a little uh, getting ahead of ourselves, but full gear had to be on the list. It was a great show. Yeah. Also, uh, my guy Jay Lethal, he made a, a his surprise debut, not like in ring, but they announced Jay Lethal, and he got such a great pop uh, from that crowd as well. So he he was there. Yeah. AEW's full gear, great pay per view. Coming to number three, and this is, man, you uh, you know I've been very vocal when it comes to these shows, man, and I'm not necessarily a fan of them. Just you know. We'll, we'll, you know, we don't really have to get into that, but I'm not necessarily. It's one of those questionable shows, but man, it, it was hard to deny how great this show was. And coming number three, Money in the Sand Six, and that's WWE Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. Um, Ryan, you went on record saying this is probably the best show WWE has done this year, and I agree with you 110%. This show was fucking amazing between Brock and Roman. The phenomenal Hell in the Cell match between Edge and Seth Rollins. Xavier Woods finally becoming King of the Ring. Um, we also got a, a triple threat match between uh, Sasha, Becky, and, and Bianca Belair. I thought this pay-per-view was great, man. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Bobby Lashley and Goldberg. Bobby Lashley pulling out a fucking great match out of Goldberg. I really enjoyed Crown Jewel. I can't... Listen, uh, I, enjoy, I enjoyed Money in the Sand 6, guys. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's crazy. I never would have thought one of these shows would make it in our list, but it did. It did this year. Number three at that. And the best WWE show has done all year. <laughs> You know, it's because they put so much effort into these shows, man. I mean, obviously, they're pay- Saudi Arabia is paying them a lot of money. They build up the shows really, really well. Uh, they stack them from top to bottom. And most of the time, they don't deliver. But this one just, I mean, it just blew my mind. 
it's funny because, um, you know, I was at work uh, back in the office and it was a Thursday afternoon and, uh, you know, I got my two screens up or whatever. And, you know, I'm working on one screen, but on the other screen, I got, you know, the Peacock feed up and I'm watching the show. And, uh, you know, luckily it was a slow work day. So I really got to enjoy and pay attention to a lot of the matches. And man, I just had a blast watching it. Like it was great. It was paced perfectly. It flew by uh, one of my favorite matches of the year too, that obviously it's not on our, uh, you know, our list, but one that I think is really underrated is Big E and Drew McIntyre. Oh, yeah, that match that is really good. Sprint, yeah. That 15-minute sprint. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is they literally just big move after big move yeah. after big move. Yeah. They, they were down. They got right back up. Another big move. It felt down, like a New Japan right match. Up. It felt like a New yeah. Japan match. That's what I wanted Big E and Roman to be like yeah. in Survivor Series. But, man, oh, man, it wasn't your typical WWE match where – they're doing rest holds and uh maybe because you know, they were Saudi like, Arabia. <laughs> maybe that's what it yeah, was. <laughs> I know. Um it was great, man. I, I enjoyed uh, you know, the crown jewel. It was just uh best WWE show of the year and probably one of the best WWE shows I've seen in a really, really long time. <laughs> from top to bottom. Yeah. I know we just said WrestleMania was really yeah. good, but but from top to bottom, there really wasn't anything that I didn't enjoy on that show. Yeah. It's it very was enjoyable. Rare right yeah, WWE. really, really good show, man. I really yeah. I have really no complaints about WWE Crown Jewel, even though it's you know it's Saudi Arabia, Money in the Sand Six. But yeah, listen, don't like to support those shows, but whether we watch or not, does this is really gonna make a difference? Yeah, right. right so, you know what? Right. We if it's a stacked show, if they put on a great show, yeah. I'm going to watch it. Right, you know? right. So Money in the Sand Six made it to Lucci's event number three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You heard that right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right, coming in number two. When this pay per view happened. And this pay-per-view happened back in May. I went on record saying this is the best wrestling pay-per-view of the year at that point in time. Yeah, at that moment. At that moment. And it really was. And that's AEW's Double or Nothing. Wow. This pay-per-view was so good. They started off with such a bang with Hangman Page and Brian and and uh, Brian Cage, and then we got like one of the one of my favorite matches of this year, and that's the Young Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston. Yo, that the that match had the crowd in the palm of their fucking hand. They could they could have taken a dump in the ring and they would have cheered for it. That's how that's how great that match was. It was listen, they they could do no wrong in that fucking match. Uh, obviously we got the the crowning achievement moment for Britt Baker defeating Hikaru Shida for that AEW Women's Championship. And then I think a lot of people forget about this match, but we also got a really interesting tag team match between Darby Allen and Sting versus the Men of the Year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. If you guys yeah. go look back in that match, man, did that crowd love Sting. And Sting yeah. was taking some crazy bumps in that match. And it's like, holy shit, this guy's like 60-something yeah, years he old. Took a yeah, on it's like, this yeah. guy's like... Listen, he dove off like this little like platform gimmick or whatever. He's like, you know, hulking up and beating on his chest. Like it was like the sting of WCW back in the 90s or whatever. Um, going, you mentioned this match earlier, Ryan. Kenny Omega defending his title in a three-way against Orange Cassidy and Pac. I really enjoyed that match too. I thought that was a really fun triple threat match. And then a match that people kind of questioned and had their doubts about, and they pulled it off. And that was Stadium Stampede 2 between the Inner Circle yeah. and the Pinnacle. I love that match. And I was... I felt like I was in one of the minor in the minority saying like no I think the, these guys are gonna pull it off and I think they nah. did. Uh, I really enjoyed that match too. Top to bottom, I really enjoyed this pay per view and at that point in time, I thought that was the show of the year. Me too. Me too. I said um, I said to myself I don't I don't know what show is topping this. Um, it was great. The wrestling on it was top notch from beginning to end and it was really special too. Kind of like WrestleMania where it was the first AEW show with the full crowd. 
um, in God knows how long. And that crowd really, really just, it made a difference on the show. Um, Miro and Lance Archer too. We also got on that show, which was awesome. Um, just, just really, really fun from top to bottom. I enjoyed it. And, uh, definitely worthy of being on the list. And like I said, did, little did we know afterwards, there would be multiple shows, um, that topped it, <laughs> right. but, uh, you know, it was still great. Right. Okay. Coming in at number one, 2021 show of the year. Okay, but Jesus Christ, this pay-per-view, oh my God. Um, this is one of those pay-per-views that you can't really, it's kind of hard to describe, you know? Uh, they. So it, it's kind of like night and day, because obviously in 2020, uh, they were in a tough situation, right? With AEW uh, All Out um, the year before, you know, due to COVID or whatever, which I wasn't necessarily a fan of, in, of AEW's All Out. Um, in 2020, but then this year, man, uh, after watching that whole pay-per-view with all the matches that we got and the surprises that we got that year, uh, this year, I mean, I'm like, not only is this one of the best pay-per-views of the year, but I think we, we witnessed history making, um, the energy in Chicago, um, start, you know, from the, from the first match uh, of the actual pay-per-view between Miro and Eddie Kingston, the the crowd was super hot for Eddie Kingston. And then, um, you know, a a match that kind of people kind of slept on and was like, ah, you know, do I really want to see John Moxley and, uh, Kojima, but they beat the living shit at each other. And then we got the surprise from Minoru Suzuki facing off with Mox. And then the momentum just kept on going and going. We got the surprise from uh, Ruby Soho being the Joker in the Women's Battle Royal. And then her and Thunder Rosa being the final two. Um, you know, the 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 entrance, the crazy entrance between from MJF, um, you know, uh, parroting uh, Chris Jericho's, like, uh, countdown from WWE. And then we got, like... While I was not a fan of Jericho's entrance, which was, remember, it was like that weird guitar or whatever, and yeah. it was like, they, they tried to make like the fans sing it or whatever, but yeah. the, I think the match made up for it, because the match really had you in your feels, you know? Like, you were like, yo, is this really going to be the end of Jericho? Like, they, they told a great story in that match, and it was just like, it, it, it really had you in your emotions. We also got the return of CM Punk in ring, and for his first match, I know there's a lot of people that that criticize, uh, you know, CM Punk's work right now. But listen, this guy's been out of wrestling for seven years or whatever, so it's gonna take time to build. But you know, for his first match, I thought his match with Darby was not bad. Listen, Kenny Omega, Christian Cage, main event. I know this is not the main event that people wanted. But for what we got after the match, that's the bigger story here. You know, of course, Adam Cole making his debut and then the shocking appearance from Brian Danielson and we get this brawl, whatever. And then obviously this historical still cage match between the Young Bucks and, and Lucha Brothers. Listen, this pay-per-view top to bottom was fucking amazing. I watching it from home felt the energy from the crowd and I was on the edge of my seat throughout the whole night. But you was there live, Ryan. If people are calling this uh, one of the best wrestling pay-per-views of all time, which is crazy to think about, but I mean, really, I'm not going to argue against that, you know, because if, if this has not been what is um, 
from top to bottom, like you said, everything that happened on the show from the surprises to the in-ring work, just fantastic. <clears throat> really just embodied what a wrestling pay-per-view should be. You know, and I think everybody who ordered that show on pay-per-view wouldn't, was not complaining that the show was $50 afterwards. Cause I know that's a big complaint from a lot of people about AEW pay-per-views. Oh, with WWE, it's $10 a month. Yeah. Because they have a, a network that they've had for years. AEW is a brand new promotion. that's not going to have a network right now. So obviously they have to charge 50 bucks for the show, but anybody who's complaining about spending money after getting what we got on that show, you're just an idiot. And I don't know what else you possibly could ask for in a wrestling show because this show had literally everything. And it was the turning point um, for the future of AEW. It, I mean, really just one of the most memorable nights, not even just for AEW, but for the wrestling business as a whole. Um, it really just changed the landscape of the industry in a big way. And uh, just, you know, when we look back on, on 2021, this one sticks out the most. So to me, it's a no brainer that it's the number one show because it had to be. The, those people that bitch and moan about paying fifty dollars are the same ones that are that are bitching and moaning about all these different promotions closing because they don't go to see them. They're the same people that are bitching and moaning about all these promotions, and then these guys have nowhere to go work. Those are the same people that are saying, "Oh, you got released by WWE, then you should go to AEW." These people have no idea what the hell goes on. These people have no idea how to run a company. So if they bitch and moan about fifty bucks, I'm sorry, I don't want you as a fucking fan. I'll take us three any day. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Now, also, with Ring of Honor being in question, we don't know what's exactly going to happen there since they released all their talent from their contracts. Uh, you know, there's a void there, you know? And I've been very vocal and said, like, you know, we, we I would like to see another promotion, you know, uh, kind of rise from the ashes of Ring of Honor. I don't know what that looks like. I know there's a lot of rumors and a lot of speculation on who could potentially run this different promotion, but, you know, not everyone could go to AEW. Okay, that that's uh that that's a given already. That not everyone could go to AEW. So you know, that the free agency market is flooded. Um, I haven't seen it this flooded. I, I, you know what? I don't even think the free agents free agency market has been this flooded since like the death of WCW and ECW. I think you can even make the yeah. argument that it's even more flooded now. Um, so we'll see what happens in twenty twenty two. Who knows? Maybe someone. Starts a new startup. Who knows? I don't know. Or or maybe Ring of Honor comes back. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen there. But oh, Ring of Honor is coming back with something. We'll see what happens. What we'll is. see what happens. But nonetheless, AEW's all out. That's our show of the fucking year. Now, our final category. No. All right, Leo. Final category. <laughs> our final category. We're gonna go with. We're gonna go with what? match of the year. Okay, match of. The year. I feel like I'm talking to a kid. <laughs> Come. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to a child. The year 2021. All right. Um, coming in at number 10. We talked about this match before. It was one of my favorite matches this year. Um, and we're going to take it back to January the 5th. And that's Kota Bushi, Jay White, for, Jay White for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I love this match so much. I, I went on record saying this is probably one of my favorite Jay White matches of all time. Uh, this match was incredible. Um, I, you know what? I'll have this discussion with you, Ryan, now. And then you can also give me your thoughts on this match. I'm really curious to see what Jay White's 2022 looks like. Because he's not booked for Wrestle yeah. Kingdom. And, I, and that yeah. stood out big time to me. 
So I don't know if he's just going to stay out here in the States and need Japan strong, but I also don't see him just doing that. I don't know if he's going to just float around and impact and maybe show up in AEW, but I'm really curious to see what Jay White does. Um, listen, it, it, uh, physically, appearance-wise, you think like, okay, I could see him doing something in, in WWE, but at the same time, it's like, do you really want to see him go to WWE? I don't know, man. It, it's something, it's very questionable. I really like Jay White a lot. I'm a big fan of Jay White. In a perfect world, I would love just Japan to get their shit together, whatever, and he just goes back to New Japan and just, you know, becomes like a New Japan lifer. <laughs> but at the same time, I know when... And he's young, too. So at the same time, I think you also want to kind of challenge yourself and you kind of want to see what else you could do. And he's still young, so I'm really curious to see what he does in 2022. Even in New Japan, though, bro, like, I, I mean, like... What more can he possibly do there? Mm -hmm. And who else could he possibly face that he, he hasn't faced already? Besides, like I just said before, Shingo. a nice lengthy string of matches with Shingo. I don't know, man. I would love to see him. And I know not everybody can go to AEW. I'm like, contradicting myself here. I'd love to see him at AEW, man. I'd love to see some of these new matchups that he can have. I know he was just teasing Adam oh, yeah. Cole. Him and yeah, Brett Baker look really friendly. Photo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I don't know if that's leading to anything or whatever, or he's just poking, having some fun. But man, imagine Jay White against CM Punk, Jay White against Brian Danielson, Jay White against Adam Cole, Jay White against Kenny Omega. I mean, the list goes on and freaking on and freaking on. He could do so much more there than he can do in WWE. He could do so much more there than he can do in New Japan. While I love him in New Japan, and I love New Japan, and I want, I you know, I've if you asked me this a year ago, I would be like, you know, no, nah, Jay White, I want him to be a lifer in New Japan. Kind of getting tired of it, man. I really am. You know, his he had another match recently against Tomohiro Ishii. I mean, for God's sake, how many more times do we have to see those two wrestle each other? Yeah. Great yeah. matches, don't get me wrong, but right, my right, God, right. there's just nothing more for him to do in New Japan. There really, really isn't. Maybe if he wins the world world title again and he has a longer run than he did the first time. Yep. Okay. But like you said, he's not even booked for Wrestle Kingdom, which is a head scratcher to me. It's a big head Osprey is, me. and yeah. Osprey is in the states. Yep. So I don't know. Um, what is he doing right now? He's doing nothing. And a guy like him, who has so much to offer, he's in his prime of his career. He's doing some of the, gr the greatest work I've seen him do ever. And now he's just hanging around, not doing anything. I mean, what a waste of time. Let's go. Somebody book Jay White. Somebody do something here with Jay White. But as far as him and him and Ibushi goes. One of the best matches, like we just talked about before, that I've ever seen. Um, both guys looked like they wanted to die after that match. I mean, that's when we got the famous Jay White promo with him mm -hmm. sitting in the chair. Mm -hmm. Just looked like he was high yeah. <laughs> on something. And then all of a sudden, he just falls yeah, over. Yeah. And it was just, it was so funny. And that's when he took his hiatus. And everybody thought he was going to appear in the Royal Rumble or whatever. Right. Um, but what a tremendous match. Definitely. I'm glad we got it on the list. And, you know. I, I, so, I... I... So I guess with like this whole forbidden door being like wide open and these new Japan towns could pop up like anywhere, right? It would be really um it would be something like just say hypothetically speaking, I'm just gonna throw this idea out there. This crazy idea out there. Like what if um 
you know, Adam Cole is just celebrating with the Bucks in the ring or whatever. And maybe that's like somehow the debut of Kyle O'Reilly. And we get like this new formation of the elite, you know, with, with Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. And they're all cheering in the ring. And all of a sudden the lights go out or whatever. And next thing you know, when the lights go back on, back up, you see Jay White in the middle. You see the Tongans and like Kenta and like El Phantasma. And they're all just pointing the finger guns at them. And then they just start beating the shit out of the elite. And then there you go. Now you get this like... We finally get like this elite versus um, Bullet Club um, S type of Payoff. feud, you know. Um, now, granted, I think we all want to see Kenny Omega involved, but you know, sometimes you have to call an audible. And while Kenny Omega is hurt, um, we can't get this. But at least we get finally like the the Bullet Club, you know, elite feud. I mean, that would be something interesting. That would be something that will grab my attention. And but, if it leads to like, a, let's say, like a, a blood and guts match or something, like how great would that be? That's what I'm saying, man. Like, I mean, just do more with Jay White. He he deserves to do uh, more than he's. I mean, he's doing nothing now. But even before that, like, just t- hanging around New Japan, fighting the same guys over and over and over. I mean, again, I just want to see more out of him, and I would love that whole scenario that you just said. Um, so who knows? Maybe. And, and listen, I'm not putting anything past Tony Khan and the Forbidden Door and 2022. Um, you know. We'll see, man. I mean, eventually Jay White's gonna pop up somewhere, right? So, because yeah. because you can also have the payoff where Omega then comes back right before that match, and he has to choose: is he gonna join the the, yep. the elite again? And then that's where you were talking about before when he now that he left, now is that whole power struggle again. So now you keep people up to date mm-hmm. on what's going on with the Bullet Club, in what a match. Yeah, yeah. There's so many different directions yeah. they could go with it. Um, but who knows? I'm really. That's one thing that really. That's one, when it comes to like what happens in 2022. Those. That's one of the things that that has that has me like on the top of my list is the uh, what does Jay White do in 2022? Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see what happens. That's a good match, yeah. though. I like it. All right, coming in at number nine. We're gonna take it to take over 36, and that's Walter versus Dragonoff. Fuck. You want to talk about strong style? Yo, just watching this match, I, I just was like, how are these two dudes alive? Like, they're legit, like, we're seeing, like, hamburger meat just appear on their chest. Like, it just looked nuts, dude. But, you know, they put on a banger already prior to this um, in an empty arena. But now we're getting, like, a match in front of a crowd. Ask, you know, granted, it's uh, the piece of shit NXT Florida crowd. But nonetless, at least they're doing it. <laughs> in still front a crowd. Of a, still a crowd, nonetheless. But, man, this match is fucking great. And, and there was no way I, I, we were going to keep this match off our list. Yeah, dude, hard-hitting um, Dragunov was tremendous in this match. I mean, oh, my God. Um, I'm glad he ended up winning the winning the belts as a result. Um, just God almighty, man. Like, you, you felt you, your chest hurted after this. Uh, just, oh, if you didn't watch this match and your whole body didn't, like, ache for these two men, um, you know, it's just I got so invested into it, so, so much emotion out of this match. And, uh, you know, piece of shit NXT crowd, but they were pretty hot for it. So um, it, it was tremendous. It, it definitely deserves to be on the list. Very underrated because, you know, a lot of people, again, this, this happened to take over. Mm-hmm. 36. 36, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people don't really talk about that event that much, but it was just one of the best matches of the year. So yeah. hard hitting deserves to be on the list. Dude, look at those hits, yeah, bro. Man. Walter's a fucking beast, bro. Oh, fucking I know, I'm watching the highlights right now. And it's just... <laughs> My God, I'm like forgetting half the stuff. I'm like, my goodness, man! Like, like I said, uh, Dragonov has like Tyler Bate. um, That's like you know, 
Yo, imagine getting yo, imagine getting chopped. <laughs> imagine getting chopped by Walter, bro. Just imagine. No, I can't imagine uh, it. I don't even know and, if he could pay And Dragonoff was already cut. So right. imagine oh, that. Fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, but that's our not a number nine match. We're gonna go to number eight. Number eight. We're gonna oh, take man. it. We're gonna take it back to WrestleMania of this God, year. Goddamn and production. That's, and up. that's the WrestleMania main event from night two. Edge, Brian, Roman for the Universal Championship. What a great triple threat match! I, it, you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about about Brian a lot, but man, this triple threat match was fucking amazing, and the right guy went over, and that's Roman Reigns. Um, you was there live, Ryan? So talk to me about this match. Yeah, I think it was one of the best uh, WrestleMania main events we are ever gonna see. Uh, just one of the all time great main events. Um, so good, so much back and forth. You just really didn't know which way they were gonna go. Um, I think everybody knew that Brian was probably the one that was not going to win the title here, but a lot of people thought, you know, edge is going to, he's going to win. And some people thought, well, maybe he'll keep it on Roman. And I genuinely did not know which way they were going to go. And I was shocked when they kept it on Roman, but obviously the right decision, um, the stack them, smash them, pin them, whatever the, the, that moniker was, um, the way Roman pinned both of them, uh, to end the match was just tremendous. The spots, you know, with uh, with a piece of the chair and, uh, you know, the edge with the cross face on Brian and then on Roman and just uh, the, the match was so freaking good. And um, one of the best triple threat matches I've ever seen. And like I said, one of the best WrestleMania main events I think we'll ever see. And then also not on, on you know, uh, leading up to that that three way as well, the triple threat match at Mania, you know, started getting kind of like they were teasing the potential of edge kind of like turning heel a little bit because he was had he had like no no pun. He had like an edge. Um, yeah. to him and during that time because he was just pissed off like how Brian kind of like no he didn't weasel his way to uh, the triple threat match but like you know he kind of had like a point and and it was just the, the whole lead up it, it was a, it was a really great story that we're telling and the triple threat match the, the culmination of it was just fucking great um and little did we know what was going to be the future of Brian later on that year but it, <laughs> yeah, it was right? yeah, yeah. It, it was nuts it was such a such a great match and you know the right guy went over and that was Roman Reigns absolutely man. All right, coming in at number seven, we're going to take it back to also earlier this year, and that's Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, St. Patrick's Day Dynamite in a lights-out match. Hard-hitting, a lot of blood. These two women beat the fucking snot out of each other. The only thing I would have changed out of this match is I wish it would have happened in a live crowd, man. I was this match was fucking amazing. That fucking crimson mass of Britt Baker, whatever. And you can't even make the more argument, even with defeat, this did more for Britt Baker's career than anything. Oh, this yeah. loss. Um, I love this match so much. It was so dope. Um, uh, but that's coming in at number seven. Yeah, this put the women's division on the map for AEW. Um, just so good. It, it got so much praise. I believe it was a, uh, I believe it was taped. I mean, I, you pulled it was me on this. I'm not it really taped. sure. It was taped. It, it was, was taped. right. Okay. Um, and you know, a lot of people were saying a lot of great things about it. So you kind of knew like, okay, you need to tune in to see what, what the, uh, what the big fuss is about. And boy, they did not disappoint. Um, yeah. Like you said, the crimson mask from Britt Baker, all the, all the high spots that they did with all these weapons and the ladder and the chairs and, and all that, and, you know, the tax and just, uh, much respect to both women for doing this. And a lot of people forget that Thunder Rosa actually won that match because, you know, obviously Britt Baker was the one that went on to win the women's championship after that. And uh, just ugh, back and forth, tremendous, tremendous stuff. Um, we got that on free TV, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And that's just, 
that, crazy now, to think about. We got a lot of stuff that we shouldn't have gone on free TV. Let's be exactly. honest. <laughs> now, exactly. do, do you guys remember any other women's match being this like bloody or this gore? Because it, it was a very like visual match. You know what? I, I don't I, remember. I can't Me, remember it being like not this. Not top of my head now. Mm-hmm. I can't remember a match being this gruesome. And, and again, it, it it was done the right way. Again, you had table spots where they went through, like we're watching right now. You had ladders. You had tables. You had thumbtacks. You had blood. You had in the ring, out the ring, wrestling. It was good. So, but you're right. This should to me, it should have been a little bit higher. But I'm pretty sure there's a lot better ones out there. What yeah. happened a couple of days ago? Let's go. Yeah. Number great, six. Great match. Number six. We're going to take it to double or nothing of this year. Before and, Ryan dies. And that's Young Bucks no. defending the AEW Tag Team Championships against uh, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston. Going back to what I said earlier when we were talking about this pay-per-view. Listen, th- these two teams have the uh, the crown in the palm of their hands. They could have done absolutely anything they wanted, and it would have been it would have gotten a pop. But the story they told in this match, you know, there was a lot of points in this match. I was like, "Holy shit, Mox and Kingston are going to be tag team champions here!" But obviously, the Young Bucks did go over. But this match was fucking incredible. They told a great story, and also like the Young Bucks just being the heels that they are, teasing and doing the little a uh, shield gimmick with the fist bump. Like, they did so many things in this match. It was fucking great, man. I, I just love this match so much, man, and. Great match. It was one of the best tag team matches of this year, so that's why they're coming in at number six. Yeah, man. The story that they told was tremendous. The crowd was so behind Mox and Kingston here to the point where you honestly almost thought they were going to win the titles. There were so many near falls here where you thought, oh, they got this. Um, and I was convinced, too, at that time that, yeah. you know, the Bucks are probably going to drop the belts to Mox and Kingston, and they're going to ride the, right. the Mox and Kingston wave like they did with Hangman and yeah. Kenny, and I yeah. was not going to complain about that one bit. Me Unfortunately, either. we didn't get that, but Man, oh man! Like this was just so much fun. Uh, both teams worked really well with each other, and um, yeah, like cool. you said, that that crowd being the first crowd, the full crowd back at an AEW show, they were just insanely hot for it. It really made the match that much better. Yeah, man, I love this match so much. I'm, I'm telling you, they that crowd loved them. Some Mox and Kingston, man. I, I'm like kind of like replaying like some of the, the crowd reactions right now in my head, man. And just a lot of near falls, and it's like holy shit, what the fuck? And I. I th- if I'm not mistaken, I think we were messaging each other too uh, during this match. You're like, are you fucking watching this right now? It's fucking nuts. Um, yeah. Great, yeah. great fucking match. And they're coming in at number six. I'm in number five. Real historical match. Another main event. And that's the, the main event from night one. And that's Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair. What a great moment for women. What a uh, great representation for the company. And also, I think it made a lot of like uh, like little girls, like uh, fans of both of them, like, wow, you know, I could do something like that one day or whatever. Um, I-, I thought it was just a great moment, you know, and the match was incredible. I- I- I'm replaying right now, like the kind of like f- the final minutes of that match where Bianca whipped fucking Sasha Banks with her fucking yeah. hair and it sounded like a fucking gunshot. It sounded like a gunshot like on TV. So I can only imagine how it sounded like live in the arena, uh, in the stadium yeah. actually, but this match was fucking incredible. Um, I go back and I also remember like in the beginning of the match when they're just both looking at each other and you could tell both of them are so emotional and they're getting like choked up and like Sasha Banks is trying to hold it together or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Bianca's like on the no, verge right of like, there. yeah, Bianca's like on the verge of crying and then Bianca finally, um, at the end of the match, you know, finally defeats Sasha Banks to, to get this crowning achievement, man. Uh, great match um, and a historical moment. Uh, Ryan, I know you was there live, so talk to me about this match. Yeah, you could just tell how much this moment meant to both women, like you said in the beginning, when they 
or Bianca broke and Sasha was trying to, you know, hold it together. And just the first female um, African-American um, main event yep. in WrestleMania history, just, uh, just really, really special. And those two killed it. Yes. Uh, I just There's said Ryan Roman and edge had one of the best all time um, WrestleMania main events. This was also another one of those great all time WrestleMania main events. That we'll look back on uh, just so good. They work so well together. Sasha Banks is tremendous. We all know that, but Bianca Belair, was just really, really great in this match too. The ending, like you said, with the hair whip, uh, just tremendous stuff. Also, dude, Bianca carrying Sasha Banks back yeah. to the ring. Yeah, yeah. Like pressing her yep. over her head and chucking her back in. I mean, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Um, great moment. I don't even uh, remember if it got on TV, but Montez Ford running down to the ring afterwards yeah. to celebrate with her. Yeah, they had that the on pyro, TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, went off. I just thought it was a great night, to, uh, great way to end night one of WrestleMania. Just Tremendous stuff. I, I went back to watch this match a few times. It's an easy watch, too. Yeah, it's it's a, not one yeah. of those matches that you feel like drags, you know, right, it's right, like, right, right. shit, like, if I'm going to go back and watch this, I need to take, like, 30 minutes of, of you know, my day to watch this. Like, no, like, it, it goes at a great pace and um, tremendous stuff. I love this match. Yeah, great match. Loved it. That's why it's coming to number five. Coming to number four, we're going to take it to Money in the Sand 6. We we, we we said that this WWE Crown Jewel was the best pay-per-view that WWE produced this year. And this match is a big part of it. And that's Hell in the Cell, Seth Rollins, Edge. Uh, listen, I've been very, very critical on Hell in the Cell matches in recent years. Saying, like, Hell in the Cell matches don't matter anymore. They, 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 they just... Why even have a Hell in the Cell match? Why even have a Hell in the Cell pay-per-view? Like, you have n- not given the audience a reason to care about these matches well when it comes to WWE crown jewel and when it comes to this feud they actually gave us a reason to care about this hell in the cell match because it was a third match in this series and when i tell you seth rollins and edge beat the living shit out of each other they did that in saudi arabia i love this match so fucking much it was actually higher on our list but this week we had to make some changes but um this match was incredible man these two have such great chemistry and I would like to see more matches between these two somewhere down the line, man. I think they're awesome with each other, man. Yeah, it was great. It was a, a great all-time classic Edge match, which ever since he came back, I don't think we've really seen that classic, you know, yeah. Edge-style match, if you know what I mean. Yep. And this one, we definitely saw it here. Love the creativity. Love the spots. That that table spot that Rollins took. The, the uh, height to the of that. The height Holy that he took. Crap. Holy shit. Wow. Oh. Unbelievable. Um, also, the creativity with Rollins. I don't know if this was... I'm sure this was his idea because he's a very creative yep. uh, guy. But when he wrapped his uh, the chain yep. around his foot mm-hmm. for the curb stomp, yep. I thought that was tremendous stuff. I thought it was so unique and something so different we had not ever really seen before. Um, just oh, great stuff between both guys. Really, really awesome way to kick off this show. And um, I was at this point, I was like, well... The rest of the show now is going to suck because there's no way he's going to follow this. Um, but they kept the momentum going. Damn. And obviously we talked about how great the show was before, yeah. but just a badass match. Yeah, dude. I, I love this match so much. And I do agree with you. We haven't had seen that like classic edge match until this one. Like we've seen him have great matches, but this was like yeah. the classic edge match that we like that we grew to love, like back in his height of his career, you know? Yep. That's how I'm a cell match I, we've seen in years. Yeah. I really can't I agree. think of. The last Agreed. really, really good one. Yeah, I agree. Love this Hell in the Cell match. This, see, this is this is when you use Hell in the Cell for for right, for, and that's what made it even even more mm-hmm. great too. Is that they didn't just use this as a gimmick. This wasn't at the Hell in the Cell pay per view. This mm-hmm. was uh, a blow off to mm-hmm. 
crazy feud between two guys, and that's what made it that much better. Yeah. Which is what Hell in a Cell is supposed to be. It's not yep. supposed to be a pay-per-view. It's supposed yeah. to be a payoff, the third match where you keep everybody out, and it's just you and him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I agree. Number three. Coming number three. Now, this is where, you know, we're going to probably piss some pecker heads off. But it's okay. Shit. So, after, <laughs> after this Wednesday night, bro, I instantly messaged Ryan that morning, and I was like, Ryan, I watched Dynamite on delay. There's no way we're keeping Hangman Page and Brian Danielson off this list. There's no fucking way we're doing it. No way. A 60-minute Broadway on free fucking TV. And I know some of you Packerheads, which are in the minority, okay? Not not a lot of people are vocal, but in the minority. Who's going to watch a 60-minute match on TV? Oh, the ending was terrible. The ending didn't do no damage to either guy. Yeah. Okay? If anything, now you're more excited and the anticipation waits for the rematch. Also, it didn't make either guy look weak. Hangman was on the verge of being Brian. He was this close yet so far. It didn't do nothing to either guy. They went 60 minutes. A guy, like what Ryan said earlier... A guy like Brian Danielson back in 2016, 2017, when they were not when he wasn't even wrestling, and we didn't know that he was ever gonna wrestle again. Now he's putting on 60 minute matches on free TV. Come on, guys. Stop nitpicking dumb shit. This match was fucking amazing. That's why it's coming in at number three. The the difference between an Iron Man match and what you got on free TV is at least an Iron Man match, you knew what you're getting yourself into. And these guys were able to keep your enthusiasm, keep your attention for 60 minutes when yep. you didn't know you had to keep your attention for 60 minutes. In this day and age, that goes beyond anything anybody could ever think of. And those people that are bitching and moaning, again, like I said before, they don't know wrestling. Hey, dale, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's there. Obviously, this was the reason they put this match on first, too, is because, you know, if they put it on as the main event and they started at, at nine o'clock, you know that they're going an hour because yeah. the show doesn't end until 10 and there's nothing else scheduled for after it. Um, so they opened up the show and you did not did not know how long they were going to go. But, man, this match did not drag in, in any way. Um, a lot of people I saw that said all oh, the commercials killed it. I don't not think for me. so at all. Not I mean, for me. God almighty, like, what are you talking about? Um, it had everything. And you could tell, too, in the beginning, I texted some of my friends. I was like, does it look to you like, and this was at like 8.15. I was like, does this look to you that they're like wrestling at a pace where they're going to go the time limit? And everybody was like, oh, no, they're not going 60. If it was 30, then I would say, <laughs> yeah, but 60, they're not going 60. I'm like, I'm just saying they're wrestling kind of at a slow pace. Like they're not, like they're taking their time here. And then like, it just when you thought the match was heating up, it was actually like the first the first half of it was ending because then Brian opens up Hangman and then um you know they go to the commercial and then you know that's, that's just Brian working on on Hangman's yeah. arm and everything and just on his knee and oh man just like you said I mean how could anybody complain about this remember when we were worried about Brian's yes. health mm-hmm. and his head injury yep. and all that stuff and he was wrestling in WWE and he's after every match, he's going back to a right. doctor to uh-huh. make sure he doesn't have a concussion. Jesus Christ. Now we're getting 60-minute classics on free TV from this guy. <laughs> I mean, what more can you say? These guys were just tremendous. Let me tell you something. After the third commercial, I was like, they're gonna, they're going the full 60. Yeah. Yeah. After the you third, com- after while, the, the third commercial yeah. break, I'm like, okay, they're doing the full 60. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm still like, 
Like, it wasn't a spoiler for me, like, me knowing, like, okay, they're going to full 60. I'm like, holy shit, they're going to go to full 60. Because, uh, they, they, well, there was, a, there was a small piece of me that thought at the buzzer, Hangman was going to end up beating Brian clean. Right. So I didn't know if it was going to go to the time limit draw or if it was going to go down to the last minute mm-hmm. of, like, and then Hangman was... Because you know what? If Hangman beat, beat Brian in that last minute, that still makes Brian look really strong. It does. Which, and that's it does. Almost, that's almost it. I really wish... I'm not going to complain... But I wish we got it that way instead. I wish mm-hmm. we got Hangman pinning Brian right. at the very last minute. I would have liked that a lot more, but I'm still not going to complain. Yeah, It was just tremendous. Hey, I keep going back to this spot right here that we're about to show right now where Hangman's about to do like a moonsault. He lands on the ring itself. You know how hard yeah. that is? Yeah. yeah, on the apron, yep. Like in, in all my years of watching wrestling, that that's usually a fluke where the guy messes up and then he's hurt for three years. There was another spot too where he's on the top rope and he he jumps off to the outside and he goes through a table too. He kind of does like this flying clothesline or whatever and he just goes right through the table and then like right after that they go to commercial break. Dude, like the posing, like yeah. that that's just heel heat, bro. Like that's yeah, this, you knowing the crowd, man. Yeah, this match was fucking great and there was like we uh. What is it that you said to me, Ryan? Ryan, you said something like, "Shit, the list just went fucking out the door after this match." <laughs> oh, I'm watching this. I'm like, my, I'm like, our goddamn list, bro. Like our goddamn list. Like, every, like as the match is going on, I'm like, we're gonna have to change shit again. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Well, I, I know a guy that that does a wrestling show on Sundays. You guys can follow it at Lucha Outsiders. That said, on the last show, oh, we should be okay. We should be all right. We're just gonna coast through to the Luchis. We'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, I was completely I know, wrong. Like I said, the week of the week of right. the Luchis, we get another another fucking banger. That's like, all right, we got it. We got to change shit, whatever. Which is uh, great. Yeah. Which is great. That's what we want. We want to be kept no, on. The... It's a good problem to have. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Dale. Number okay. two. Number two. Numero um, dos. I like this. Listen. Vamos. Number two. That's why I'm here. Whew. I, I I said this to a bunch of people after this match. This felt like a Tokyo Dome level match just happening in the States. Another fucking instant classic. One of the greatest matches I've seen, not just on TV, but also one of the greatest matches I've ever seen live and in person. And that's and probably one of the best birthday presents you've oh, absolutely. in your entire life. I, I, Don't listen, forget that. Yeah, I can't forget. That is the probably the best birthday present um, I have ever gotten. Okay? And, you know, and I'll even throw this out there, too. That whole show was one of the best shows I've ever attended in my life as well. Absolutely. And that's Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson at Grand Slam out here in Queens, Arthur Ashe Stadium. Uh, This match, dude, uh, you felt the energy just when they first looked at each other, that this crowd was just going nuts before they even touched. Before they even touched. This match was New Japan-style it, it, it mm-hmm. felt like a Wrestle Kingdom match at a Tokyo Dome or whatever. Um, this match was f- simply fucking amazing. And this is little that we also didn't know is that Kenny Omega wasn't even 100% during this match. You <laughs> yeah. know, we didn't know that at all. Uh, this match was so good, man. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I mean, just so surreal to see both these guys in the same ring together. Um, felt like I was dreaming the whole entire time. Did not want it to end. And talk about a match flying by. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes have never felt so quick in my entire life. Like you said, Tokyo Dome-esque. Um, so many great spots in this match. Uh, Brian's first AEW match, so really his first match in quite some time, too, because he took a break from WWE. So his first match since um, April when he left when he left WWE. And, uh, man, 
that was this was the beginning of Daniel of Brian Danielson's run uh, here in AEW, and it's a, one of the most historic matches that I'll never forget. One of the best I've ever seen live as well. Um, damn, damn, just so freaking good. I watched it back several times. It just it gets better and better with Me each too. watch. Me too. Um, so freaking good, and a rematch down the line is something I'm really looking forward yeah, to. But um, just really, really amazing stuff between these two guys. So think about it like this, right? Kenny Omega at this point, little that we we didn't know that he wasn't 100% right. Imagine when yeah. Kenny Omega is 100% versus like 100% Dan- Brian Danielson. What? And yeah. Imagine if they give us like a 60-minute bro away. <laughs> like it that, just that it should be a pay-per-view in itself. And that's another thing too. This match happened on free TV as yep. well. Like yeah. yeah, right. I know. And I like I said along with what we just talked about the Hangman right. Danielson with the Thunder Rosa and yep. Britt Baker and then this I mean, Christ Almighty, man! But like that's these so smart even on, on pay per views, right? It's just one of those situations too when you go back and watch this match, and then just that whole show overall. Like Grand Slam overall felt like a pay per view. Like you kind of oh, also yeah. wish like it wasn't a dynamite and it just felt like its own separate entity where it was just like a pay per view. That that whole show was just amazing, and this oh, yeah. match, oh. It was one of the best. It's one of the best shows I've ever been to. Yeah, one of the best shows I've ever been to. This match was one of the best matches I've ever seen live in my life. Um, and even it was such a unique venue too, because you know of just how intimate. It, like it was a it was a big stadium, but it was yeah. also like very like intimate too. It wasn't like WrestleMania where it's like you know there there's people all the way down there right. and like this right. Thought, like everything felt like. Like the whole bowl was just yeah, like encapsulated. The stadium shoots up. It doesn't go yeah. wide. It shoots up. It's it's right, even. Right. And I remember when we were all hanging out prior to the show, we were looking at the stadium. We were like, "Yo, this is, has a very unique feel to it. It has like a unique yeah. uh, look to it." And this it, match was just just amazing. I can't I can't praise it enough. Doesn't it have like a, a like a Hammerstein ballroom where no. you? No, I'm saying where you have the guys coming up. So in other words, it doesn't go out. I guess to that aspect, yeah. Because even even in the ballroom, if you're all the way on the on the top, you're still kind of seeing them right. close. Yeah, right. You're not that far. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. and and again, AEW is so smart in doing this because why? You want to beat them in the ratings in any ratings that you can, right? So by giving these matches sprinkled in, what you're doing is you're telling people, hey, you have to tune in, not only to our pay per views. But look at what you're getting. You know what I mean? Again, this was free. The Hangman page was free. And without any buildup, which is even better, it gives you that feel of, hey, it's must-see TV. Listen, prior to, to a week prior when they first announced this match, and I was like, we're, I'm gonna be able. I'm gonna witness probably one of the greatest matches I ever witnessed in my life, and it did not disappoint one bit. This is one of the greatest yep. matches I've ever seen in my life. So that's why it's coming in number two. But Coming in at number one, there's only one other match that surpassed the last two matches that we talked about. So coming in at number one, match of the year of 2021. Lucha Brothers, Young Buck. Steel cage match, all out. Oh my god, dude! This is one of those matches I wish I could have been there live for, and I'm gonna tell you why. From the entrances alone, from the entrances alone, I felt like I was there. Like you felt the roar, and you felt like the energy from the crowd 
during the Lucha Brothers entrance. Like, you felt it. Like, I felt like all that energy was coming through the TV or whatever. The Young Bucks came out. It was like, it was just like a flood of booze. Like, no one was cheering for the Young Bucks. The story they got to tell in that match, holy shit, dude. It was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my life. Um, and, and from a TV aspect. I'm not a fan of steel cage matches. I've never been. Never been a fan of steel cage matches like that. I like Hell in the Cell matches um, when it's done correctly. But steel cage matches, I'm really not into. I've just never been a fan of steel cage matches. This match made me look at steel cage matches differently. Because just of everything they were doing in the ring. You know? And are we surprised? No. Because it's the Young Bucks and, and the Lucha Brothers, right? And they just have great chemistry with each other. I feel like these two teams could wrestle match all them blindfolded and they'll probably give us a five-star classic. That's how good, that's how good these four men are. Um, you know, there was blood and so many fucking super kicks and them like hanging by each other. And then it was like super kick here and a super kick there. And then a fucking destroyer out of nowhere, fucking taking bumps into the cage. And, Oh my God. Um, I've went back and watched this match, um, so many times. Uh, and also, like, Penta sacrificing himself, you know, to save his brother Ray Phoenix at one point. And, oh, dude. Um, and then then finally getting the win. And then Penta celebrating with his family. You know, his kids just jump in the ring. And the, you see the tears in his kids' eyes because they don't want to see their dad all busted up or whatever. And the crowd wanted them, wanted the Lucha Brothers to yeah. get this moment or whatever. And obviously, in a perfect scenario, it would have happened in Mexico, right? Because that's where, you know, the, the, the Lucha Brothers are, are in Mexico. But what's the second best place? Chicago. Because that has, like, a very um, Mexican feel to it. There's a lot of Mexicans in Chicago. Um, you know, shout-outs to the Rush Friends, um, who also are Mexican descent. They were there live at the show, as well as you. And they told me that during the entrance of the load, you just felt it was a different type of energy. It, it felt very, very different uh, compared to the rest of the night. Um, and obviously, all out, we got different crazy moments, you know, with, with, with the punk match and Darby match. And then obviously, um, you know, the surprises we got at the end. But something about this, from the entrances to the match, to the final moments, to the ending of the match, it just stood out the most. And that's why this is the match of the year. Lucha Brothers, Young Bucks, all out, steel cage match. Yeah, going back to what you said before about how you're not a fan of cage matches, I could agree with that. But when they're done right, I mean, this is a perfect example of how good they could possibly be. Two teams that know each other like the back of their hands um, can do no wrong. Chemistry off the charts. We've seen them in ladder matches before. We've seen them in one-on-one -on -one regular tag matches before. And I was like, how are they going to top all their previous yep. matches? Mm -hmm. And boy, oh boy, did they knock it out of the park. <laughs> like you said, from the entrances to the story that they told in the ring. Um, to that shoe that with all the oh, spikes on it yeah, that was thrown in by Brandon Cutler, um, you know, to the the high flying um, spot off the, the top oh. of the cage, you knew Ray Phoenix was going to do right. Um, and then they got the win, and like you said, the emotion afterwards with their kids, and oh man, just what a just great spectacle the whole thing was. Um, one of the best matches I've ever seen, let alone one of the best cage matches I've ever seen. Um, like you said, whenever the, the Bucks and the uh, Lucha Bros are in there, you know they're going to make magic. And boy, did they make just an unreal amount of magic there. Um, it was so special and absolutely deserving of being the number one match of the year. I mean, it's to me, it's the no-brainer here.
Yeah, that uh, that Ray Phoenix uh, jumping spot. off the cage spot, man. Uh, I've seen so many like stilts and pictures of him like just diving off in midair or whatever. It, it it's high, bro. <laughs> yeah, he was jumping yeah. off. It was a lot of hype there. Ah, uh, th- th- this match is just so good, man. Um, like you said, Lucha yeah. Brothers and Young Bucks just do no wrong. You know, they're, they're just chemistry's top notch, and yeah. and also. You know, you think back of like their 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 ladder match they had. Um, what did they call that in the first all out, uh, Leo? Escalera, Escalera de la muerte. Escalera de la muerte. Right um, at that at the first all out, right? And you yeah. saw like the ladders ma- of death. Right, you saw the match they given us there with ladders, right? So you think like, how the hell are they gonna top this with a steel cage? Because I'm just not a fan of steel cage to, matches. To me, the super kick uh, go around that they did, yeah. was awesome. Yeah, I love yeah. It. I don't care what anybody says. Like again, you're telling a story. Like, hey, I'm gonna so, super kick so you. So I, I know you was there live, Ryan, and, and and you know from watching it on TV, was everybody like standing up during this match? Not during the whole match, but as it went on, man. Yeah, we were all just on our feet. I remember being on on my feet like at, as soon as we saw. Ray Phoenix go up to the top and then Nick Jackson followed him. And then, you know, he kicked him off. I mean, for that whole like ending sequence, right. everybody was on their feet. Um, not the whole match, but definitely right. certain points of it. We just couldn't sit down. Yeah. The, after, after the Lucha Brothers won I, that, that pop, that pop was just as big. I think it might've been even bigger than the entrances that pop. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was nuts, dude. Yeah. It was nuts. But yeah, that's our, that's our match of the year guys. Uh, so uh, r- real quick, before we move on uh, to the, um, so what we were talking about with like the Mexican descent. Mm-hmm. I think these guys, the Lucha Brothers, have been able to take over like that Spanish mantle. Absolutely. I that agree. Spanish I mantle agree. where, where you know, you you had Rey Mysterio at one point, mm-hmm. hey, Alberto Del Rio, hey, Mahomeno. But you need that Spanish because again, you you need to remember a lot of the Spanish community that lives in the US understands wrestling. Like, that is the one thing where you don't need the guy to talk. You know who the good guy is. You know who the bad guy is. Like, you don't actually need to explain to people what happens. The Lucha Bros have been able to do that without mostly saying a word. Because unless Mario and I watch that um, that YouTube clip of them in in their place down in uh, L.A., you have no idea what these guys sound like. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're they very charismatic without saying much uh, English, especially Panta, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was our Lucci nice, guys. Nice. Um, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna go on a limb here and say this probably might have been one of my favorite Luchis I've ever done, especially in, in you know, two in a two day format. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought uh, we broke everything down. We made some last minute changes, and you know, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Ryan, I know you got somewhere to go uh, soon, so I'm, you know, I don't know if you're gonna if you want to stick around. For the closing, uh, you know, I guess closing words. So I'm gonna just let you take it away. If you got any closing thoughts, what to look forward to next year, um, and you know, take it away, bro. The the floor is yours. Yeah, man. Well, uh, first of all, thank you guys for welcoming me onto the show this year. Uh, I think it was back in March when I joined the show for the first, uh, you know, permanently, and um, so it's pretty much a good majority of the year. And uh, man, it's been a blast. I'm looking forward to 2022. Um, and just beyond, man, some of the great things we got coming up, especially with the studio and everything. I know I sound like a broken record by saying I'm going to ch- keep trying to get out there. To <laughs> it's you okay. Guys, 2023 but... is right around the corner. Yeah, <laughs> 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 nah, but uh, for real, like I'm going to, uh, you know, get out there eventually, definitely in 2022, obviously. We'll make it happen. No, no pressure, and, um, bro. No rush, man. We'll make it happen. And yeah, we got some great, you know, things planned. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of great events in 2022 that we're going to go to and stuff like that. So, uh, 
yeah, it was just a, a blast. What a great year to be on here. And I enjoyed these two days of the Luchis a lot. So, um, like I said, I just appreciate you guys for welcoming me onto the show and also everybody who watches and supports. Thank you for welcoming me and, you know, saying kind words and all that stuff. And uh, just it's been fun, man. Yeah, man. Dude, we love you, man, and just thank you for everything that you do, bro. Uh, Ryan, I know you got it somewhere to go. You wanna you wanna head out, man? Uh, uh yeah. I mean, it, unless we're wrapping it up right now, it's cool. Leo, any 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 final thoughts? Yeah, just real quick. I saw this actually as we were doing the show. Uh, Fuego del Sol uh, tweeted. That's what the young kids are doing nowadays. Uh, wrestlers may choose to share and give you glimpses into their personal lives at times, but you never really know what someone is do, is going through. Um, please never assume and respect people's privacy. We may allow you to read a page or two, but that doesn't mean you know our whole story. Mm-hmm. I think since day one, that has been our our goal, yeah. if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and again, we've, we've had highs, we've had lows, we've had really low, low, low lows, but we're here. And I think we give wrestlers and we give the, the craft of wrestling a pedestal where it should be because we understand that these guys, they don't have to be out there doing it. They don't have to be out jumping off the top of a cage, but they do it for entertainment purposes. And I think the three of us give all these wrestlers, men, women, midgets, and all these other people, we give them the... Really? We get, no, because even midgets, man, they, they, they get pushed to the back, but you know how hard it is for them to go up to the top rope? It, it's But you know what I mean. Um, but, we, we, but we always keep it funny and we always keep it light and and again it's always a conversation between the three of us uh ryan and i haven't met but when we do dude it's like we've been friends for years and that's that's ultimately what wrestling is about uh you know whether you go to chicago and meet the rest friends where you go down down to miami or florida and you meet the Ricans of wrestling or you come out here to the hill marks again we're a community we're a minority of the minority but we know how to act that's all i gotta say losrated.com so, uh, so you know, I'm I'm gonna try to make this quick as possible. So the the last couple years for me has not been good at all. Um, you know, going back to like the the late 2018 till now, my life has been in shambles in so many different directions. Uh, this year probably has been the worst year of my life. Um, unfortunately, I lost my father. I've been very open and honest about it on here on this show. But doing this show does give me some form of therapy. It does help. Uh, I don't want to say mental health because I feel like I not that not saying that I don't suffer from that or anything like that. But I know that there's a lot of people that are in worse situations than me and that really suffer through things. So I feel like I feel guilty if I just use the word mental health. But yeah. mentally, I have my days where I'm just like just not in a good place or whatever. Um it's been really rough. It's been really rough, but you know, I kind of try to try to push my feelings aside, and I just try to keep going because I know that's what my dad would want me to do, and you know, just try to take care of my mom, and then obviously have little distractions here and there. I'm miserable at work, but that is still a distraction. <laughs> but then at the same time, you know, I have this. I have this, the Lucha Outsider show, which is my baby. I love it so much. I try to put as much effort as I can to it, even though there's some days where mentally and emotionally, I just don't want to and it's just like oh but no i just got to keep pushing i got to keep pushing i got to still try to have connections and meet people and etc and whatever right but um this does help me a lot too so leo i want to thank you uh ultimately you know i couldn't be doing this without you because um you know 
this was a collective thing. I I know um you know you work on the production end, and then on the thing with Leo too, he he has so many different things on on other places too. This guy, you know, uh, what is it? What is it they say about Jamaicans? You know, Jamaicans have like nine jobs yeah. or whatever. That's yeah. kind of like what Leo is, to, even though to, he's, he even though he's Argentinian, but he produces for so many other shows too. Um, Jamaicans thought they had jobs, so they met me. Right. So like Leo, <laughs> Leo has his hand on so many different pots. So like, you know, uh. It, it, it is okay, but at the same time, I couldn't be doing this without Leo. Like, you know, Leo has as much part as the Lucha Outsider show as much as I do. You know, maybe I'm the one that creates everything and, and you know, does everything, right? In, in the sense, like, you know, content-wise. But at the yeah. same time, production-wise, that's all Leo. That's not me, you know. No, and, and Leo, Leo, Leo misses a show. Guess what? We're just doing a regular podcast because yeah. I'm not dealing with you <laughs> peckerheads on Facebook Live. I'm not doing Ryan. We're just doing a regular podcast. Fuck the peckerheads. I, I've, tried, I've tried. I've tried. I've tried. Leo's trying to convince him, like, <laughs> man, no, fuck these assholes. I don't need to hear their stupid comments, all right? That's just my attitude, all right? Um, but, Leo, thank you enough. Uh, nah, thank bro, you here, tremendously. I love you, bro. Um, and, Ryan... Uh, I don't think I say this enough to you, but dude, you were meant to be on the show. And the simple fact that your, your passion for the business, I, I know you look like you're 15, but you're really 25. You, you're very young, but you were meant to be on the show. Your passion, your drive, your opinions, the way you, you handle yourself. Um, you're not one of these people that I dislike. So I love you, dude. I'm glad that you're a permanent part of the show. Um, and then just your work on Twitter. You've given life to the yeah. Outsiders Twitter because that was something that was just dead in the water. But you've given life to that Twitter. Um, so thank you for being part of the show and just thank you for joining us on this journey. Whatever the end goal is for Lucha Outsiders, I don't know where that's going to take us going forward. But, you know, we're in this ride together. And I just thank you for being a uh, part of the show. Really quick, uh, a couple other people I want to thank real quick um, just for their involvement in Lucha Outsiders and just what they've done for us. Uh, Andy, Dream Match Wrestling, uh, yeah. I love you, dude. Thank you for everything you do for us, and thank you for the awesome gift you've given us. The Heel Marks, I haven't seen much of the Heel Marks, but listen, they will be no Lucha Outsiders show if it wasn't for the Heel Marks, Brady yep. and Danielle. Our, my kids, the restaurants in Chicago, hopefully I'll, I'll make my way back out to Chicago sooner rather than later. Um, some of the rotating thirds that we had this year, uh, Devin Dollface, Ken uh, Kafer, um, you guys remember King Kayfabe. So um, shout outs to them too. Um, thank you for you know supporting us and then also helping us out when we needed a rotating uh, co-host. Our lucha uh, bro Glenn. Yes, yeah, our boy Glenn. I think I'm gonna be seeing him next week um, at a at a brunch. I'm not sure, but nice. yeah, shout outs to Glenn, man. Uh, great dude, very talented guy. Hopefully we could get him back on the show. In 2022, but uh, you know, and then thank you to all the the Fox friends of the show, the Peckerheads, everyone that I bump into at wrestling shows. As long as you're cool and you're not a piece of shit, uh, <laughs> yeah. Th thank you, all. thank you for supporting the show. Or and, a security uh, guard. Yeah, yeah. He's just a um, nonetheless, thank you all. Thank you to everyone Mom. that uh, you know, that supports us, and let's just keep this going, and let's see what uh 2022 does for uh the world of professional wrestling and lucha outside show and that's pretty much all i got dude you got the music and that's it you're um, in studio you got the music today all right um <laughs> uh, this is our last show of the year yes so um if you miss anything or everything on today's episode make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show itunes soundcloud you want to be fancy Apple podcast soon like com, citrus spy fire i heart right radio wherever you get your podcast needs and that is it <laughs> By the way, that was another two hours. That's it. That's it. Last <laughs> show of the year, guys. We did it. We did it. We made it. We did it. Woo! Yeah. We did it. Woo!
People are giving us two shows. Ryan, how do you feel about making your Luchi's debut, man? Feel good, man. It was a great two days, man. I enjoyed it. A lot of fun. I'll be uh, I'll be messaging you. I'll be messaging you like at five in the morning. Uh, like during like January 4th and 5th I'm like bro I already added this match in a <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and you know he's gonna be yeah, up right. too right cause he said he wasn't yeah, gonna like, be up yeah I feel like I feel like you're gonna change your tune the closer it gets to <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom dude you might be right it's gonna, it's gonna take that one video package from Wrestle Kingdom like you know what I'm in baby I'm that glitchy in. one that goes and then somebody shows up yeah it's gonna I think I think Ryan's gonna I think Ryan's gonna get up I think Ryan's gonna get up and watch it I have a funny feeling yeah I, I, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, he didn't say I'm no. Not, no, no, no. I'm not making no. an official decision. <laughs> I think that's a yes. I think that's a yes. Oh, uh, we got to thank Vincent too. Oh, and shout out to uh, Mr. Rated PG. PG 13. <laughs> um, he helped us out yesterday when Leo decided to leave. I didn't decide. I just had to take kids. Yeah, when the, Leo decided to leave. <laughs> Vince took the board, and he did a great job, no, man. we're good. But again, be, be nice to people, man. Yeah. We're, we're the minority of the minority. At least let's be nice. Especially Russell fans. Russell fans get a bad rep, especially with jackass like the Seth Rollins attacking. Yeah. Okay, that's it, guys. End of the year for Ryan Radar. For the old man Leo. I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next year, keep it Radar. It's thanks to see Mwah. <laughs>